This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. The Dale Jr. Download. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. Co-host Mike Davis is here. What's up, Mike? Hey, man. Uh, Leah and Schultz are in the studio. we got a great show. So we got two guests on, Ryan and Dave Blaney, thanks to Advanced Auto Parts. They're going to be here today. We've never had Dave on the show. It's been uh, how long? A while? Feels like a long time since Ryan's been here. I thought we had him on last year. I had him in 2019, so it's been a couple well, years. All right. So going to be a great show. I've wanted to have Dave on for a long time. Ryan, right off his win. Uh, so we'll talk about that. All right, it's going to be a good show, so let's get started. All right, so a lot to talk about in the open, but um, we do have a lot. So let's just go ahead and get a couple a couple things out of the way. Bristol Dirt Races this weekend. Um, I'm racing in the uh, Pro Invitational. Uh, that's going to be broadcast on FS1 uh, Wednesday night. I'm excited and pumped about that. That's going to be wild. Uh, on the iRacing simulator. But uh, I'm going to the Bristol Dirt Race Sunday, pumped up about seeing – that's like can't miss, have to be there kind of thing. Uh, cup cars on dirt. It's been 50 years, all that stuff. So yeah. it is going to be incredible. Adam Stern tweeted that NASCAR is continuing to look at moving the car number from the center of the door, right? So they, uh, I believe that it's going to end up being slid back toward the rear tire. Not on. It's not going to behind the rear tire, thank God, I hope. Uh, but I believe it's going to end up just getting slid back a little bit. I think that they should just let them put it wherever they want in between the tires, in between the front and the rear tire. If you want to slide the number forward to put your sponsor on the back oh, of the door. Oh, you're saying the team, give the teams the yeah, opportunity Yeah, let them put it, put it where it they wherever. want, but keep it between the tires, right? Keep mm. it between the front and the rear tire. But I don't know. NASCAR's probably going to tell them where they put it. I'm warming up to it. I think what we saw in the All-Star race last year was okay. Uh, minus the uh, the lights, the uh, underglow, uh, yeah, the underglow, none of that. No, wait a second. They the, the big sticking point on that in the past has been you know the fact that the identity of the car is all about that number, yeah. and therefore uh, the, yeah. as long as the number size doesn't change, you can get along with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't change the number size. Please don't make it smaller to make the you know to make make more room for for this logo. The number is the identity. I I I, I was. I recognized that, and I noticed that during the IMSA race, during the IMSA broadcast this, this week, I was sitting there calling the race, and I'm like, uh, the the 11 car, like, I know you can't see the, the 11 on this car because it's probably about five inches by five inches tall, uh, but this is the 11 car mm-hmm. in the lead. And I, when I'm, I loved everything about calling the IMSA race, but the fact that the number on the cars are hard to find, right? And they're not easy to see, and uh, I can't, tell you the viewer what number the car is if you can't see the number right i can't say to you man 32 cars passing the four car here you can't see the number on the car then what am i saying i need to change what i'm doing mm-hmm. well i don't know if, if i've got to do that from the broadcast booth that's the end of my broadcasting career pal because i can't do it i'm a numbers guy like i look at the number on the car and i'm gonna tell you uh you know the 18 car and you're gonna look at it and go yep there it is i see it if we take that out, I think that that would that would that would basically take the it's like taking the batteries. 
out of out of my career, out of my broadcasting <laughs> <Out of> career. <laughs> yeah. So, I, all right, one question though. I noticed after that Adam's turn tweet, then yeah. you went to Instagram and basically gave yourself uh, into the Insta stories, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. the grand finale fireworks display of okay. pictures of cars, cars with the car yeah. with their numbers slipped back. What was that about? That was just me saying, "Hey, look, this isn't new. This isn't something that 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 NASCARs." Uh, this is some new weird thing NASCAR is trying to make us all get used to. It's been there for a long time. A lot of historic race cars all through the years have have put their number in this location. I'm cool with it. That was kind of all that was. Okay. This is good. This is not good. There was one final picture that I posted of, like, don't do this. Dolly Parton says don't do this. Um, <laughs> yeah. I had Dolly, a little Dolly gif. I missed that one. And she's like, if Dolly's saying don't do it, then we don't, don't do it. We don't do it. Yeah, everybody knows um, that. All right. Yeah, I just mentioned it, 12 hours of Sebring broadcast. I had a blast. I want to do more of those. I love getting to know more about the drivers, how the series works, how the competition works, everything. I'm learning everything about sports car racing. Um, I can't get enough. So, Hopefully, I'll get more opportunities. Uh, I don't know if that'll happen or not uh, going forward, but I loved it. I took the Nova to Charlotte Motor Speedway, posted nice. some of that stuff on social media. So we've been working on this car a long, long time. Obviously, I'm going to take it to Darlington to pace the field before the Xfinity race on Saturday in a few weeks. I just took it to Charlotte to make sure that it doesn't have any leaks, doesn't run hot, doesn't create any problems uh, for the folks in Darlington. So it passed with fine colors. Everything worked perfectly. The car drives well. No, I did not open it up and run a fast lap. Uh, I've got way too much invested in that car to be uh, getting reckless with it. Plus, How I'd, fast did you go? Uh, probably 100. <laughs> that seems open up. That, I, well, well, I know in retrospect it's not, but it, that, it that's feel, good. You didn't go 55. Yeah, so you, you, uh, I, I test, I, We went out there and just tested it made sure it's going to be fine. And it works really good. Drives good. So... Looking forward to t- trailering it down to Darlington in a few weeks to be able to uh, let people see it there. Also, I talked to Marcus Smith about t- bringing it to the auto fair at Charlotte later this year. I do want to uh, send this tr- to send this car out there so people uh, you know that would love to come take a look at it can get up close and personal. So we put all this effort into bringing it back. Uh, we definitely want to share it. So um, the Xfinity race at Atlanta, Justin Algar wins. Amazing. We're pumped for Justin. Mm-hmm. Martin Trex Jr. dominated the race. I wanted Martin to win. If we couldn't win, I wanted Martin to lap the field. I'm a big Martin uh, Trex Jr. fan. We're just good friends. Yes, you are. So um, that didn't happen. Justin wins. Great win for us. We needed a win. We were yes, we, we were did. we were down as a company. We were bummed. Josh Berry hit the grass. Funny thing, uh, Josh asked if he could go along with us to Charlotte to test the Nova. I noticed he was there. Yeah, I, it didn't dawn on me. But we're standing there and. LW, my brother-in-law, went with me. He cracked a joke about Marcus and Josh standing within just a few feet of each other after the grass. Being that Marcus yeah. is uh, owns Marcus Atlanta. owns Atlanta. Yeah. And what was the joke? And I said, well, you know what would be fun? It, you know, his social media team was there, Marcus's Charlotte Merch Speedway team. I said, y'all should go over to the turf down there and, and kneel down and, and you have, take a picture of Marcus and Josh talking about turf yeah. and post it. You should have fun with this. And uh, so we can all laugh about it and uh and and move on but uh i i saw the race car that josh ran through the grass and it it not only ripped the splitter off of it bent the front clip bent the rear clip oh yeah so the front clip got bent and when the car launched in the air and popped a wheelie the track bar dug into the ground and bent the rear clip so uh you wouldn't believe the damage a lot of people sat there and uh wanted to get you riled up about the splitter again yeah but 
you know, I always just look at if the tr- if the car goes off the racetrack, you know, I have made. Bad I feel t- like in, I feel like in the the splitter stuff, I've made my point. I'm really. Yeah. I, don't, I think if, I think it, it, I'm just piling on at this point. If yeah. I keep going, but I mean, yeah, and this wouldn't be a good argument to uh, to, to go anyways because you, you should, race cars don't belong in the grass in the first place. So there you go. But uh, good. So you made the joke, yep. Leah. Got some threat. You feel threatened a little bit. Got social media mind over here d- making some uh, jokes on social. I gotta say, I was really proud of everything out of yeah. him yesterday. I, w- I was in my I office. I just was feeling very creative. Like every every. <laughs> Every two minutes, there was something new. That Nova was all over the place, yeah. and then yeah, with with Josh and Marcus, that was awesome. You let Marcus like, drive. That yeah, was I did. that was very cool. I love the I love the excitement people feel from the Nova. When I post something on social media, I go and read the comments, and I love how happy this car makes people. And I can't wait for you to you know for the people to get up close to it and literally put their eyes on it instead of just seeing it on social media. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or the property. It's the location and neighborhood, Dalton. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when we say in-depth, we're talking deep in-depth. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings and student to teacher ratio they even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent so when it comes to finding a home not just a house a home this is everything you need to know all in one place homes.com we've done your homework noah gregson got into it again right yeah a lot of people wanted us to chime in on that as it was happening but I know better that you want me to wait. Thank you. I, I saw uh, how you, to, how, how you, we do. How you, how you uh, drew me right into that conversation, yeah. which is fine. You were doing Sebring, which is funny. You and I talked about all this much later because you were doing the broadcast. Yeah, I missed the, uh, um, I missed the whole race. Didn't get to see it. Right. I got people texting me going, uh-oh, oh no, <laughs> oh boy. And I'm, well, like, that, I'm like, I'm, I, can't, I can't do this right now. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm literally – Getting toward the second half of the Sebring race, and I'm like trying to pay attention and making sure that in case Diffie asked me a question or something, I'm like I know what to say. Um, so I had to kind of park it. <laughs> Anyways, I went back. I went back and watched the whole thing uh, multiple times. Me and you text over and mm-hmm. over about it, and I've watched the videos and all this stuff. And really, when it's two drivers that you have no affiliation with, when it's two drivers that aren't Junior Motorsports drivers, you're like, yeah. Fight, get them, mm-hmm. let them, let them fight. Don't get involved, crews. Don't do that. You know, let the drivers fight it out. Uh, but it, when it's one of your drivers, it feels different. Mm. It don't feel that way. It don't. You're you're you feel like it's almost a personal attack. So when Daniel steps up to Noah and grabs him at, at on pit road, Daniel's stepping to Junior Motorsports, not just Noah. Mm-hmm. Um, he we we are like if we are going to sit here during the week. And tell Noah, uh, man, we got you back. We're going to build you great race cars. We're going to go down the road. We're going to win races. When somebody comes up to him on pit road, you want to have his back, right? You can't tell him all those things and not follow through. I found it. Uh, I found that to be pretty interesting because when when it was Noah or when it's you know Regan Smith in the past or Justin, you're kind of like 
you know, you kind of want to have, you want to support them, you want to have their back. But when it's another driver that's not related to you, you're like, yeah, fight, get them. On your own. Duke duke it out. Who's going to whoop somebody's butt? So that was pretty pretty interesting. And I feel like that from a junior motorsports point of view, everybody that was involved down there on pit road was really truly trying to defuse the situation and, and break it up. That's probably not what they should be doing, to be honest with you. And I'm I'm torn on this, man. And and maybe this isn't entirely – and I'll probably change my mind again down the road. But I think going forward, just let them fight. Hmm. Let them fight. So, I – last year, I think going forward, if I'm standing on – if I'm standing on pit road Saturday and that happened in front of me, I probably would have done the same thing – that LW and the crew guys and all did. Which is get I would have tried to get in the middle of it, break it up. I might have even been very aggressive. In your in the breaking up. Yeah. Like, like a little forceful. Hopefully I wouldn't have thrown a punch myself or tried to or done anything physical to anybody. I doubt I would have. It's not really my nature, but I probably would have gotten into the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Like, stop this. This is stupid. I probably would have grabbed Noah and been like, quit, damn it. But na- but now, after looking at it and thinking about it and, and – I th- I think you gotta let them brawl. I think you gotta let them fight, Mike. I first of all, when you break, when you go interrupt a man's interview, yeah, I always take that personal. I hate that. It's yeah. my biggest pet peeve. That's that's fighting words to me when you go break up a man's interview, mm-hmm. um, because that means you want all the attention now, and you're gonna come in here in my time and go take it, yeah. and you're gonna sit there and make me look like an idiot by grabbing me, telling me stuff. I mean, like there, there, it's a look, it's an optic that. That now I have to tend to, and and probably in a very vulnerable state yeah. where I'm trying to deliver, you know, my messages or whatever, doing an interview. That's I hate that. Yeah. So at that point, whatever happens, happens. I, I definitely think when uh, Daniel comes up there, that's that's Noah's got every right to do whatever he feels like he wants to do. And the, this is Noah, all right? So last year, Noah's run over the 18 car, the monster car, Texas. He was sort of. It had gotten to a point to where the network had created a clip of him doing things right on the racetrack and being aggressive. And I sat down with Noah and I said, "Hey, man, are you know are you okay? Is everything all right with you? You're pretty. You're, you're running into people a lot. Is something bothering you? You you got something going on?" We talked for an hour, maybe longer. And my advice to him was, "Being aggressive is cool. There's time to be aggressive. You can't let people run over you. Every once in a while, you got to use a bumper." But maybe let's, you're doing it a little bit too much. You're, the, you're basically the highlight reel before every Xfinity race. This is what you're going to see today. And so maybe don't do it for a while. Take a summer and just <laughs> run normal, have fun, go out there and try to race without hitting cars. When the playoffs start, you can ramp it right back up. Go like hell. Do whatever you need to do because it's the playoffs. I feel like that Noah, instead of – Going okay, that's that's what I'll do. I you know, as he tried chilling out and didn't like it. Instead, <laughs> instead of instead of dialing it back a little bit and changing his approach, Noah signed up for jujitsu classes. <laughs> <laughs> right, and Noah instead of going instead of you know he went through that deal with uh, Harrison. Okay, so when a driver goes through something like that, they see the highlights on TV. They hear everybody's opinion about it, good and bad. I thought that was a bad thing you did. I thought that was a good thing you did. You got everybody pulling you in all these different directions. I, I mean, I would have looked at that and went, 
man, I really don't want to put myself in that position again. Mm. I'll try something else so I don't have that type of result, right? It doesn't ever, ever get to that point. But Noah goes and gets classes to be a better fighter. <laughs> that's Noah's, that's what Noah did in his head. He went, uh, I didn't hit him. And so I missed, or, or I want to be a better, I want to be able to protect myself and I want to be able to whoop ass. So I guess, guess I'll go get some classes in that. That would have been, that would have not been what I would have decided <laughs> to do, right? But that's who he is, all right? And I'm not his handler. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I can advise him and give him uh, things, tell him what I would have done differently. And I did. Like I called him uh, just a couple of days ago in, in between the race and today and said, you know, I, did, I wouldn't have done this, that, and the other. Take that for whatever you, it's worth. Can I ask you what, what exactly he did that you wouldn't have done? I mean, you're saying that he, he, he was right to fight. Well, I know one thing that I wouldn't have, let, wouldn't have wanted him to do, but I want to hear what All you right, say. All right, so I asked Noah. So I asked Noah about the backing into the car on pit road. And I said, uh, I said, what do you, and that's okay. You know, you can, you can say you didn't do it on purpose. It, I, in my opinion, it, it was reckless. It was a disregard for what was going on around him. I don't think he was like, I'm going to back into this car. Mm -hmm. That is, I just think that he was careless. He was like, I don't care about anything other than just me getting into my box. And, it was reckless and careless, right? That's what I feel like it was. But intentional, I don't believe it was. Mm. All right, so there's a fine line there, I know. That's, mm -hmm. and, and, I, I, and some people might not agree that they can both be different things. But I told him, I said, all right, you know, you after going through all that, do you think it was careless or reckless? And he doesn't. He's like, I, I, I couldn't have done anything different. I don't know what I would have changed. And I'm like, all right, so going forward, Maybe you're in that position again in the future. Do you do anything different? Do you change something? Do you are you more careful? He's like, I don't think I could have been anymore. I don't think I can. I can't. I don't think I can be. It's 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 a high pressure moment. I'm trying to get my box. I got to get going. I'm trying to win a race. I'm, and I'm like, all right. I I just feel like that he, you know, he said he said publicly that he doesn't want to put anybody in danger, and he wouldn't never. You know, he went on serious and said that he, you know, doesn't doesn't want to get anybody hurt and and he does he is aware of that but i just i think that he should have taken some ownership of it right and mm -hmm. in the post race interview say that was careless that was reckless i it was unintentional but i sh i i can try to i can try to not put myself in that position again and be as reckless or be as now give you know i watched the video Daniel backs into his stall, but he doesn't back all the way into position. He's a little little uh, foot forward, maybe. Mm. Small stalls, so there's not a lot of – the nine didn't have to go far to, to hit the car, and he barely hit it. Like, you know, if he's really wanting to hit him on purpose, I think he would have hit him a lot harder than that. But So that's why I don't know that it was intentional because it barely – they barely bumped. But uh, it would have been – I think it would be good for Noah to, to walk away from that and go, I agree that was reckless or careless at least yeah. own some of that, the, the danger in it, right? That was one part. The other part that I think could be completely avoidable, and again, I'm not perfect. I've done, I've made this mistake myself. In the post-race interview, Noah takes a dig at Daniel's career. All right, if, if you listen to that interview, everything's great about it until that point. And 
if he takes that comment out of the interview, he looks like a completely different person. But when you place, when you say something to down to to slam a guy or down a guy, that's pers- that's personal, right? You're going after their their career. You're going after their talent. That's not that's not that's that's not good. It's not something you need to do. And I just told it. That's what I told uh, Noah. I said, "Look, I said I, I've I've done that. I've been in those moments where you got to get a dig in, mm-hmm. and you feel like you're justified, and you feel like, man, people are going to agree with me. They're going to go, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Well, they don't. A majority of people get turned off by those kind of comments because they're kind of unnecessary, and it doesn't help Noah's argument. It doesn't help people go, yeah, that, yeah, maybe Noah's right." Or, okay, I believe Noah didn't do it on purpose or whatever, right? When you take that kind of a personal dig, people just clue in on that and they forget everything else you've said. Mm-hmm. And so there's a couple things that that I probably didn't didn't wish, you know, happened. But the, this, is the, this is the tough part of being an owner. And I think some of these guys that are, you know, I think a lot of the owners have to go through this at some point. And I'm going through it. This is probably one of the more challenging things when it comes to driver-owner relationships that I've dealt with, mm. there's been some tough ones. A couple of weeks ago, we were, I was of the opinion, and on this show, uh, talking about, I think I'm going to let this play out. I think mm-hmm. it was after Homestead, he had dogged the David Starr, David Starr and, and that race team, Carl Long. Carl Long and all them, and I thought that was, that was unnecessary. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Right, even if you feel that way in your heart, that's a bad comment to make publicly. That's a bad position to take. That you know, against a underfunded team, it's just not a good look, right? Optics are not good there, especially if you haven't proven your own career, right? So, you know, I was thinking in my mind, all right, I'm gonna let that play out. You know, maybe he needs to learn something from this naturally, uh, and uh, I'm not gonna be able to tell him anything that's gonna change his mind or really get through. And I, I don't know what else I can do other than call him up and or sit down with him and person and say hey this is some of the things i would have done differently but he's he's also his own person you know you got to kind of you got to kind of let some of that stuff you got to let them lessons be learned on their own right you mentioned last week you can't teach it you mentioned that you know there is such a thing and there are plenty of examples of when you harness somebody that is uh you know just an outgoing or they, they, they find their performance is affected in their ability to be outlandish in some ways. And when you try to harness it, it affects our performance. I mean, there, there's a lot of examples. I'm happy to go in them, but I just, just know that there's plenty of examples. You try to, you know, muzzle somebody that's a very talkative person. Well, okay. So Noah, I personally did not have a single problem with anything that Noah did until the comment about Hemrick's career. Yeah. I, I literally thought he did not have a choice but to get aggressive when the guy interrupts his interview. I, I leave it to you drivers to tell me about the pit stall thing. I mean, I, I, I don't know enough about it. Like, were the car or the tires inside the box? I can't tell. <laughs> you know, was, was this a, So you guys can tell me if it's possible to get all four of your tires in a box without going all the way back to Henrik's car. I have no idea. Um, it just seems like, dang it, man. Why do you got to go make it personal? You were doing so well. You, you, everybody was going to be forgiving or not even blaming you until you force them to have to make an opinion on your comment. It's the same thing I say to my daughters. My daughters will get into a fight, 
Uh, my youngest one, Lily, my oldest one, Gracie. And Gracie, Lily will do something, you know, that caused it, and Gracie will be upset about it, and then Gracie will slap her. And Gracie's then like, why are you just not getting on to her? And I'm like, because you forced me to have to tend to this now. Like, I was, I was ready to get on to her. I was ready to make that her the focus of that situation. And then you left me no choice because you went and had to add that last little bit in, and now i got to tend to you both. I can't, I can't do what you think. You just hurt yourself. Yeah. You hurt yourself. I'm trying to teach you if you handled it better, then it would go your way. Noah was moving along just fine in that post-race interview, yep. and then it's like – you kind of saw it coming. You're like, oh, <laughs> don't do it. No, 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 no. It's like you saw the wheels turning, and he just like, yeah, I guess I'd feel that way too if my career was going that way. And we're like, God, man, no! now, now we're going to have to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Why? No, you don't have to do that. But everything else, though, everything else, like, look, uh, I had no problem with him swinging. I had no problem with that. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't have an opinion on the pit road thing. I just felt like that uh, – I go with what you – I don't even know that it was careless, frankly. If you can't get into a pit box, that's the, that's the question on whether it was careless or not. If it's impossible to turn that – crank that wheel that much without backing up as far as you did, well, then uh, it, it wasn't careless. But yeah. uh, if it was possible to get in there, then it, then it was. Yeah. I feel like that uh, Jennifer I wrote an article in the AP. Yeah, last night. Yeah. yeah. And I thought one of the things she said is like if you take – if you, you know, if you take the lens off, of this, if you just look at this, like forget who's in each car, mm. forget everything about that, anything Noah's done in the past, and just see that car back up and bump into another car, it looks accidental. That's a good point. And I thought that was interesting because we all look at this and go, "Well, Noah's done X, Y, and Z, and if if you know all the things, and so we know he's a little uh, hothead, and we know he's wild and 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 reckless, right? And so when you see what happened on pit road, you go, "Okay, more recklessness." Well, the bird finger sort of moves you down a direction. It does. For sure. We're forgetting that yep. part. So Maybe it's hard to crank the wheel and get all four tires I, in the pit box on, with one arm driving because you got the other one dedicated listen, to something else. <laughs> what he did on pit road is done. I think it would be okay and positive if he would get out and say, I was a little bit careless. Oh, he'd do himself a big favor by doing that. Yeah. yeah taking a little ownership. Take some ownership. Yeah. And, and then – that is, he's worried that man, I gotta be me. I gotta, I gotta go out there, and this, uh, this is the edge I need to go do what I do. And if I don't have this sort of, if I don't have that energy or bring that approach, I, I ain't gonna get where I want to go. That's not entirely true. No, it's, I don't think that. Yeah, I, you're you know, making the point. I don't even. Yeah, need. you can be, you can be all those things and 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 be a still be a good guy. Right. You know. Right. You don't have to be this villain. It's, it's the same argument that people make. It's like uh, they'll, they'll say something that uh, gets them fired, and they're like, this is free country, free speech. And they're like, no, 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 that, there are rules to speech. Yeah, You can't say anything you want without there being repercussions. You find the repercussions. You can't go around and say that. Same thing with him. You can, you can act your way. You can race your way. You can do all things because you know what's coming. Kyle Busch does things that make me cringe today. Like every day he goes, and I'm like, God, doesn't he realize he just doesn't have to do that? But but he he sort of goes, all right, I'm fine with the repercussions. Yeah, you know, I let my performance do it. That's the difference, though. Noah's gonna if he's gonna go down that road, if he's gonna be like, I will talk about your mama, I'll talk about your awful career, I'll bring up every loss you got in my post race interviews because I win every race. Well, then okay, but until you've done that, 
you are literally making it 10 times harder on yourself yeah. because you haven't done it. You haven't backed it up yet. And that's fine. You're young, but that's the difference between Kyle Bush. I th- I, everything that Noah did this past weekend, I've seen Kyle Bush do. I've seen him, you know, back into cars on pit road. Remember, you know, Harvick and, uh, you know, he's done all these things. He's put people, remember what he did to Hornaday. I mean, like all these things he did. And people will just kind of justify it by going, look, it's just who Kyle Busch is. It's, he, you know, he has to have the chip on his shoulder. Michael Jordan had to have a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, but they all have proven themselves. You know, they're champions. So, Yeah, just- I think that there's a place in this sport for Noah and a personality like that. And there's people out there that love it. Um, there's people out there that believe in, you know, that support Noah, even, you know, and support everything that happened on Saturday and – uh, dig that kind of style, right, and that that approach. So I believe there's a place in the sport for him, and yeah. And this team. Let, let me ask. Uh, let me add one more point. There are people that would uh, have gone to us on social and said, "Y'all need to do something about that. He doesn't deserve that ride." Let me tell you something. I am glad Noah Graxon is running for this company. I am, and I'm going to tell you. I got a I got a question from a fellow the other day that said, "You know, uh, what what is the financial?" value of having somebody like a Noah Graxon and I'm like the financial value I can't speak to I can tell you from a brand and a publicity in a in a PR which perspective of which is which is where I come from I'm I'm sorry you know who you know who had financial value Paul Menard I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want him to have to do publicity around I'd take a Noah Graxon you know my first driver was Jimmy Spencer it wasn't financial value there but by God man he was a conversation starter, and I like Noah. I like Noah's conversations being a conversation starter. I like that he's polarizing. I like all these things. From a PR standpoint, I know you're not going to convince me that it's bad PR. It's not. not. Our sport is deprived of people with personalities. And as soon as they show personality, people try to change them, and I hate that about it. I just wish he wouldn't be personal. That's it. That's the only thing I'd change with him. Well, after out of, out of everything we've talked about in this Open – um, a lot of people probably aren't prepared for this. Oh, y'all thought that was something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the uh, Darlington race is coming soon, and the throwbacks are going to start popping up everywhere. Oh, yeah. And we got a good one for you. Um, Tire Pros came on board for Junior Motorsports uh, just recently as one of our primary sponsors, and they're going to sponsor Josh Berry. And uh, he's going to carry this uh, incredible-looking car for the uh, Darlington race, and here's a good shot of it right there. It's the base, it's basically the 2001 July Daytona win, and uh, they did a great job, man. I like it. Got me and Michael on the side of the car. Michael Watcher, my buddy, came down into the infield for that win to uh, to celebrate with me. Very um, very cool to have the baseball stripes across the bottom, mm-hmm. and uh, looks great. I love it. So hopefully uh, Josh has. A good experience and a lot of fun at Darlington. One of the toughest racetracks to 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 go to without any practice and so forth. But this just went out on JRM social, and I'm sitting here reading the the early comments. There's a there's a lot of people excited. Good. Mike Shoop said, "I just peed myself a little bit." I'm so <laughs> excited about it. But a lot of uh, questions about diecast. When can I get the diecast already? Yeah. So it's going over quite well. Is there is it a coincidence that the front end isn't on this car either? In this picture. Oh, Mike, <laughs> that was bad. Yeah. Too soon, Mike. Too, <laughs> Too soon. Uh, I hadn't recovered from that <laughs> when all the post-race stuff went down. I don't know. 
just just a joke. Uh, but speaking of diecast, we got uh, our diecast back there. Not to not to uh, go cramp on tire pros and not to one up the other. Yeah, but uh, you know our diecast, the seventy seven dirty mo cars out now. Yeah, well that's been out, hasn't it? Nope, just come out. They they just (laughs) they just got the. It's been on pre order. They just arrived. (laughs) Jeez, all right. Yeah, I guess we're. What is this, an anniversary, one-year anniversary release? It's about to be that. (laughs) It's been a while. Yeah, apparently. Picture this. It's blazing hot outside, and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Let's get our guest in here. Let's bring in... Ryan and Dave Blaney in the studio and see what they've got to tell us. believe this could be possible a win in your third start this is uh pretty incredible what's it mean to see the kid having such great success at a young age it's unbelievable he does such a good job here comes blaney now running the top of the cushion the winner of pocono ryan blaney for the wood brothers Woo-hoo! dave blaney wins a wacky race at charlotte <laughs> ryan blaney in the 12 will win dave blaney looking for an opening blaney's going for the lead Third generation star, Ryan Blaney wins the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 in a shocker. What's up? How's it going? It's good over here. How are you? It's good to see you. You too. Been a while since I've been in here. uh, Yeah, not too long. Like, what, a year? I think a couple. What? I think two years ago. Holy moly. I thought we had him on last year. No, no. I wanted him on. You said absolutely not. I do not want Ryan Blaney on. Yeah, I remember. I remember you saying that. Yeah, sure. I actually didn't want to come on right now because you didn't (laughs) let me on last year. What? I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) No, didn't we say we're like, we'll have Blaney on when he wins a race? Yeah. Or you can get Dad on. He, he won the on. race, and so we said, okay, let's have him on. Yep. But bring his dad. Lucky he worked out. Well, welcome <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, the big winner. Yeah, thanks. How's uh, the last several hours been? How's the last couple days been after the win? That's normal. You know, just, uh, you know, be- I had some crew guys over Sunday night, just kind of hung out. and uh, But, yeah, yesterday just looking to Bristol Dirt Race, you know. Ooh. I mean, just uh, you, you can appreciate it. Um but then I think you gotta look ahead yeah. right away. So big time look ahead because of the Bristol dirt race. So, well, I mean, maybe not not you guys because your family is dirt. Your history is dirt. So, well, yeah. I know not, not really yours, yeah. right? Well, I yeah. know, but still, you have you you gotta have some. You can't. You're probably not as nervous as some of these guys. Like some of these guys are going into this race this weekend, like no clue. Like I've talked to a couple drivers and they don't. They're like, well, I don't know what setup we're gonna run. We don't even know how to set the car up. Like, how, yeah. where do we even start? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's what a lot of teams are you know, thinking about because you're still in your box, right? You're still in your – the only thing different with the cars is, you know, the splitters off of them and yep. there's a different tire. You know, that's really all that's different. So you, it's not like you can throw all these parts and pieces like that's on a dirt late model on the thing. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how everyone unloads. How would you set it up, Dave? <laughs> I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know good luck that's, that's my <laughs> yeah no people all think i have dirt experience and i don't really have that much i think it's just like, that you come from a dirt family people assume that you just know the discipline like you would yeah. you might you might not have drove a lot of races but just watching your dad right mm -hmm. or, or growing up around it and thinking man okay i know how if i, if I threw you in a car you'd you'd acclimate well we'll see but yeah did you even really watch your dad in that phase of your career you I was young. Okay, so sure. yeah, but I was like, you were, you were, you know, in in cup by the time. Yeah, you were probably only five years old, right? When I quit mm -hmm. racing sprint cars. Yeah. So, yeah. I can't see you remember anything. No, not much. But I mean, you're, but Dad still runs now. Yeah. You know, I mean, you'll still run a little bit. You know, but no, I don't remember when you were full in it. Yeah. You know, uh, but but yeah, now obviously when I go to watch your races, it's easy to understand. How much it, are but. you racing now, Dave? Um, last year, probably maybe 20, less than that this year, probably a little Why? bit, but I don't know. Just calls. Yeah. Busy. I, I love those cars. Other stuff to do or? <clears throat> no, not really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I got, we got several things going at, at my race shop, but. What is going <clears throat> on at your race shop? Uh, we're building trailers. We're building restroom trailers, hand wash trailers, that kind of stuff. Those okay. Portable restroom yeah, trailers, yeah. fancy mm -hmm. stuff, you know, go to weddings, graduations, all that kind of stuff. That's so, kind of nice. Yeah, it's a different. <laughs> but uh, I, my race car's over in the corner. I'd much rather be over there, but. <laughs> Who gets your race car ready? Um, there's just two of us. We just, between. Who's uh, the other guy? Eric Bergen. Who's he? Um, he's been around NASCAR a long time. He was at. He was at Bill Davis. Um, okay. He was at Everham. He's been around. Did he work with you at Bill Davis when you worked with Bill? A little bit. Not on my team, but he mm -hmm. was there at the same time. And he, he's helped right when we got Ryan started uh, with the K&N car. He came over yeah. and helped us with that. Mm -hmm. And it's been 10 years. He's still there mm -hmm. in every place. So he's awesome. So you're um, – <clears throat> tell me about Lou. Lou was my dad. Raced. He started racing when he was really young. Uh, did his – anybody before him race? No. How did, how did Lou get his, into it? His dad liked racing. My my granddad liked racing. Had my dad had two other brothers, and all three of them raced. Dad was the oldest. Youngest got killed in a highway accident when he was twenty twenty one. He so he didn't race much. Middle brother Bob raced um, quite a bit. Was badly injured in a race car accident. So dad was the only one left and ran a long long time. What kind of car was he injured in? Um, like a dirt track late model type thing oh in in ohio what um, year like like decade 70s okay early to mid 70s okay. i got you and my dad raced through early 60s to 2000 40 years what probably yeah when did he run his last race um 2002 what three. man yeah he, he raced yeah. for a long time and was really really good you're pretty big on your family's history and mm -hmm. what is what do you think about lou when you <laughs> you know the the only thing that I, you know, I can't really say I regret it, but I wish was different was I wish I was just older, you know, yeah. when he was still racing because, you know, Dad said he stopped in, what, 02, 03, yeah. somewhere around there. You know, I was only 10 years old, so I can't remember much of kind of watching him race uh, and talking to him. And then he got, you know, he got sick. What year do you think he got started to get sick? Well, that's why we quit. That's why he quit racing, yeah. really. It was starting. Yeah, so he... Um, 
had Alzheimer's and that's, and then, mm. you know, it, it kind of happened quickly. So it was, it was hard for me to really even sit down and like understand racing stuff. You know, I just wish I was older to, yeah. uh, uh, to really be able to talk to them and understand what was going on. But I love hearing stories about them. I feel like every time I go to Ohio or some racetracks, a fan has a story about Lou, and uh, I always enjoy listening to that stuff. What kind of driver was he? He was, um, well, I'm biased probably, but I think most people that watch him would say the same thing. He was the best of both worlds. He ran harder than anybody at the racetrack that he raced with, but he was cleaner than anybody. And it was, it was one of those guys – um, he won more than anybody as well, and nobody ever booed this guy. You had to like him to, yeah. to run like that. It, it's impressive when you yeah. win all the time and they still cheer you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't see it much. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. No. So what got you into racing? I mean, obviously you're influenced by your dad, but like literally my dad put a newspaper down on the table in front of me and my brother, and there was an article about street stocks on it. That's how we got to driving. Yeah. How did you – what triggered you? Well – you know, we grew up every week going to the short tracks with him. Uh, we raced go-karts a little bit when we were in our teens, my brother and I. And um, I don't were you know. racing on the oval uh, or road yeah, courses? Yeah, no, just dirt track, yep. go-kart stuff. And What um, kind of chassis did you have? We were talking about this last week. I had a Margate. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so he was in the club. He's in the Margate club. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. All right, yeah. There was a club? I didn't even know there was a club. Yeah, apparently there was. It's like the Jeep club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have been seven, late 70s yeah. is when I would have done it. So I, I didn't really bug him to drive a race car. He was he had his own sprint car when I was 17, 18. And um, one day he's like, well, you want to give it a shot here? I'm like, well, yeah. But I didn't – I wasn't bugging him relentlessly right. or anything like that. Were you that. having real success in your, in your go-kart? We didn't do it that much. Um, didn't love it, honestly. All the – we loved the racing part of it. But when you say we, who's we? My brother and I. Mm-hmm. Were you we, and him sharing a cart, or did y'all have carts? No, we, we both had a cart. He was a year younger than I was, so we, you know, did everything together. And this is Dale. Dale. Dale Blaine. Right. Uh-huh. And um, You're younger, but about 10 inches taller. So <laughs> 10? I don't Dang. All right, a foot. <laughs> no. <laughs> other way. <laughs> so, so Dale's a little guy? Dale's a big guy. Big guy. <laughs> oh, big. I got you. Yeah. Dale was yeah. an NBA draft pick. I, we saw that. <laughs> Literally. We saw that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. For, the, for the Lakers, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, All-American at West Virginia University. He was He was good. But he only played what? He quit before – he was drafted in 86, and he quit. Did he even – did he go into the organization, the Lakers yeah. organization? Yeah, it's a weird story, and I, I'm probably not the one to tell it. He's probably the one that should tell it. Give it a but shot. But this was yeah. mid-'80s when Magic Johnson, Kareem, all them guys are. <laughs> and he's he's a – third round maybe draft pick for them went to summer league and i remember him telling me byron scott maybe was point guard then told me he just whipping byron scott in summer league <laughs> like okay and he could do it all i mean he was six four jump out of the gym my brother was he was unbelievable athlete so they get into preseason or whatever and they tell him they're going to keep him like he's he's made the team and he leaves he wants he wants to go racing bad yeah and i i don't know He's never talked much about it, and I don't know if he didn't love the what was going on in Los Angeles. He wasn't a big city kid, right? And he's right in L.A. with all these guys. And yeah, so um, you're not you're not necessarily buying all the all that he's uh, putting out there. Like you, you think there might have been um, something more to it? No, I'm. I don't know if I buy it or don't. It but, just, he just never talked about it much. The Lakers were like a dynasty at the time, and I he's know. a draft pick, and he's whooping Byron Scott, and he just decides to go racing. I mean, like, racing had that much of a gravitational pull. Evidently, I guess so. <laughs> Man, but, I can, uh, yeah. But, hey, yeah. 
and and it was tougher back then. It wasn't there wasn't as many teams in the NBA. That was before expansion. Yeah, there wasn't as many jobs, so it was hard to make. Let alone get drafted, it's hard to make. He teams. absolutely had it. Had what it took to. Yes. To get to yes. do it, man. Yes. I did not know that. Yes. So you were talking about your dad giving uh, coming up to you and asking you about driving his car. So your litter, he you know the car's sitting there, and he's like, "You want to race it this weekend?" <laughs> were you? I mean, I imagine you weren't too nervous about that, right? You were like, "Heck uh, yeah, I'm ready to go." No, I was more nervous than I was. Heck yeah, ready to go. Okay. <laughs> well, you. Why were you nervous? I don't know. Um, just something new. I wasn't a kid to fly into everything. I guess it's something new and different. And I, I don't think I was tentative in the car. Mm-hmm. I went right out there and wrecked it running wide open. But <laughs> I was still nervous before I got in it, probably. But I didn't. You know, in our area, he was a he was a big name, and I didn't. You know, you went through this ten times more than me. But the kind of pressure you come when you come behind yeah. your dad like that, but. But I didn't really feel that for some reason. I guess I wasn't smart enough to even feel it. So how'd it go? It went good. We we ran a family car for my dad for two or three years, and he, he was smart enough to send me out traveling a little bit, racing different guys, different tracks, not just sticking right around home, which is what made you better back in those days. And uh, It went well enough for a couple of years where at that point in sprint car racing, there was lots of guys with race cars and so I got hired by this guy that guy and it kind of took off from there and he didn't have to <laughs> pay the bill anymore so this is happening in the early 80s early 80s yeah. and your brother's not racing yet yeah he's in college playing right. playing ball and, and do you um, think that you're, you know you're racing and and how much you're maybe having fun doing it and all that sort of mm, was oh yeah draw no, for him no doubt he's getting older and older and I've already got man he was he played he got drafted then he played a couple years in after he left the Lakers, he actually tried to go back. The, he left. Oh, really? Yeah, he left. And who was the who was the guy? Pat Riley was the coach. And I think this is in Pat Riley's book. He talks about Dale a little bit. Wow. Dang. Yeah. And um, so Dale said, change his mind. I want to go back. So they took him back. But then they, at the end of training camp, they let him go to keep another big guy or something. So he goes to that. I don't know what the minor league was at that point. I forget. CBA was called, I guess. He played that couple years one won a title one year got hurt the next year and he he had um blew out his acl mm-hmm. and back then that was a year to get back sure and then immediately did the other one so here we go full-time racing okay. well. <laughs> hey and ryan he's, and he's late getting started at yeah that, you know for sure yeah. do you look at your career in the dirty mo basketball league sort of in the same way as uh uncle dale's <laughs> he, uh, he jumps like his India? uncle dale i tell you that <laughs> yeah. he does i'm kidding i still yeah. think that rim was like a couple inches too low. <laughs> whoa because i could i could dunk on your rim and i know i can't dunk i don't like remember on him a, dunking on, on a, our rim. oh yeah yeah he in yeah. a game well, not in a oh, game, but well. like messing around. It was not. It was. It was an imperfect league. It was like <laughs> even the yeah. height of the rim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a little low. Okay, <laughs> but it made me feel good at yeah. least. So it made me feel like an athlete. So Dale didn't. Dale went back. Didn't really work out uh, as far as going to the NBA. So does he try to go back racing? Yeah, well, he hadn't even started racing yet. Yeah. Oh, he, does it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. After his you. after his second knee surgery he just got full-time into racing and he had to be 26 by that point which yeah, is yeah yeah but he I, still ended up with a really good career yeah so when he starts and you're running you and him real tight right growing up right you're really tight doing everything together um we're really tight now back then you know he's younger than me he can beat me at every single thing we ever do right yeah he's way bigger better athlete um 
now now I've been driving a while. I got a little edge on him in the driving category <laughs> to start. Right. But but yeah, I, I helped get his first car and get him going and helped him. Yeah. What did you do? How did you get him a car? Why well, a guy that had been helping my car owner, he um he wanted to have his own car, so well let's do something with Dale. And so we got him a, a, a car going and helped him, you know, figure out how to work on it, how to drive how, it. How how like what was that like? Because like I went through this a little bit with my brother Kerry. Yeah. Where I grew up with dad and, and I went to the races and man, I just had I had all the knowledge of being there and experiencing it and watching it and Kerry didn't grow up with us. Didn't go to the races. So when Kerry got into racing, man, he was green, didn't he hadn't experienced nothing, yeah. right? Yeah. Couldn't didn't know how to begin to drive a car. And so what was that like for you having finally you're the guy that has all of the experience and doing well and now your your brother's trying to do something that you're really good at? Yeah, I was I was all in. You know, we were helping as all all we could, and it's just about getting experience and time and trying to shortcut his learning curve by by explaining something. If you see him do it wrong once, explain it. And don't let him do it wrong fifteen yeah. times. Same thing as it was <laughs> with yeah. with you as a youngster. So mm-hmm. that's all you can do is help him learn quicker. Is all you can do. You ran your first NASCAR race in uh, uh, Rockingham, nineteen ninety two. So I remember racing you in the Bush Series in ninety eight. Right. That was kind of when you got your best sort of that was that was I thought at the time was your first shot. Well, it was really the '92 thing was um, whose car was a that? little guy named Stan Hoover from Ohio. He, he ran an ARCA car a few times, and I ran it a few times. And he's got a you know wild thought of running a cup race here and there, and I, and we did go to a couple, but but no, that was Frust- uh, was it good frustrating. It was an eye opening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had never even sat in anything like that and went to Rockingham and ran tried to run 500 laps yeah. and I couldn't even make it. I mean, I couldn't even. What, what, how so? Well, like I just, could make it. <laughs> like, like, out, just yeah. Out. yeah. Okay. I mean, you weren't used to the heat. You weren't, I mean, it was just craziness. Yeah. <laughs> so did you park it? I think it parked itself. It parked itself. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't the, even do that. You pushed the clutch in. You said you, you, said you ran some, <laughs> you said you ran some ARCA races. What was that experience like? That was fun. Um, Where at? We ran at, I think I ran third at a ARCA race at Atlanta behind um, Skinner in a RCR car and Tim Steele, who yeah. was bad fast, fast at that point. Oh, yeah. So we were okay. Um, I ran one at Michigan. What was that like, though, going from the world, you know, the, the dirt world and yeah. running sideways to having to drive something straight? Yeah, new world. But I had done a lot of different things in my dirt career, different types of cars. So it wasn't just one thing for me, but it was not any pavement. So, right. well, actually, it was a tiny bit of pavement in a Silver Crown car. Okay, but this, yeah, the stock cars and huge tracks and going that fast was was all different. But how did you have to? What was the toughest part about it? I mean, because I'm asking, what I'm asking for is, you know, when we see guys, any car guys come down and ask car or dirt guys go drive a cup car or vice versa you know those guys go drive a dirt car yeah right there's a dis- this is just a completely different discipline there's different things you're doing with your hands and your feet and yeah. uh, what was the toughest part i think for just for you <clears throat> just getting even in the ballpark right so i i remember some of these nascar races when i first went and i probably did it in 98 every year i'd go i'd get in the infield go down to the corner and watch practice whether it was cup practice or whatever at that point and watch where they lifted, where they picked up, everything I could try to learn, just the basics of of uh, getting up to speed. Yeah. Dang. How, I, long, how long did that take? Like, when did you start to feel comfortable? Well, I started at 98, you know, and, and ran, I bet, a, a year, 
I mean, I felt okay. like I could win a bush race in the mid-'99, mm-hmm. so it, w- it was a good year. Yeah. So when he um, – I ran Amico in my late model stock car in the 90s before I got to uh, the bush series. And it was the best – you ran this uh, – it was just a, their high-octane like, Amico 93. It, put the, it made the most power in the on the dyno, more power than the racing gas, Unical gas. And so instead – I had we had free Unical gas everywhere – but we'd drive to the gas station and get the Amico. <laughs> really? And, yeah. For on the way to the racetrack. It was uh when he came when he came into the Bush series, I was like, I like that car. I'm, I like Amico. <laughs> he had the Amico car. And it was a really, really pretty car. Yeah. Did you think it was good looking? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I did. I thought I mean and the Pontiac body was kinda sexy. Yeah. And so it was just a and and he was a cool guy. He was guy. the Amico guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's where you got your gas. Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as that. They will like you just for, just for I that. I could have got him <laughs> some. I don't even remember your basket. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That could have saved him a buck. You were past Amico gas by then. Yeah. I didn't know you. I didn't know you. And I didn't know what kind of person you were. Um, obviously, you're a great person and, and, and an awesome dude to know. But I didn't know you, but I already liked you. Right? Before we ever <laughs> you met. Got a leg up. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. So uh, and we got to race against each other a little bit too, and we get ahead of myself. But um, you know, thinking about your sprint car career, what's what's the biggest moment? You, you looking at your statistics? I mean, you've won everything. They're sick. They're crazy. Yeah. So I mean, t- give me like, what's your Daytona five hundred moment? <laughs> um, I don't know. There were some big races that that if you won them, um. Like you were that, that you had it for forever. It, those ones that stuck in your head, like they can't take this away from me. I want it. Um, the Knoxville Nationals was probably the between the Kings Royal call it at Eldora with Stewart's track now and the Knoxville Nationals. Those were the two biggest. And um, in one in a five year period there, I, I drove a car for, for a guy named Casey Luna with and Kenny Woodruff taking care of it. And that was probably the best car I was ever in. And we won uh, a good bit of the, the big races were all in that car. And, so that was a that was a cool time winning those. I, I guess I'd rather win those than forty other regular nights. Uh, you'd take those, and we did have some good luck in the big races. Yeah. So, what year was you, what were your year were you born? Ninety three. Ninety three. So he's he comes along. Um, you're still racing dirt. Are you actively like trying to get into stock cars? Because you know you you ran the Arca car and you ran you got a Cup start or two. Are you is that like a are you aiming towards something or are you just like I'm gonna just race and race I'm happy running dirt? Yeah, I wasn't aiming at it at all. Um, I, I felt like I had one of the best dirt teams sure. going. Um, the guy taking care of it was awesome. I could win. We had our chance to win nightly against back in those days Steve Kins or Sammy Swindell. Th- those are the best maybe ever. And yeah. I was stuck. I was stuck racing with them every night. <laughs> I'll put it that way, but they made me obviously way better than I would have been racing without them. And um, but no, I had no intentions. And all of a sudden, um, got hooked up with a guy named Lee Dorrington that was involved with Amico, mm-hmm. and and it um, they were looking at sprint car racing, but at the same time they were looking at at NASCAR as well. So maybe look at me for the NASCAR thing. So and it and it um, they ended up hooking up with Bill Davis. So if I thought if I could get with Bill Davis in a in a nationwide car that would be a good it's not like i'm going down there begging for a ride this yeah. is a pretty good situation sure. to start so i thought now yeah, let's go man so not only did amico appeal to you but that's what got you into nascar yeah. that, that relationship so, is there any point in the 98 season where i mean you left this amazing 
experience? You left something that you knew well, you were good at it, you were, you you know, you, is there any point in 98, or I guess, where you were thinking, man, I miss that, <laughs> I miss some things that I'm not getting here? Yes, <laughs> several, um, but I did sell my house immediately in Ohio and move to North Carolina. You made the commitment. Yeah, so that probably saved me from backing out. Screw it, I'm going back. Right. <laughs> wow. But everybody at Bill Davis was awesome. Sure. And, and it didn't go great to start, and it kept getting better. But there was no, um, there was no backing up there. Everybody was was uh, knew that there was going to be a, a learning curve, and it paid off. Who? Which? Who? Who's the oldest between you and your sister? Uh, oh, I'm the middle child, so Emma oh, my. is the oldest one. Okay. She's three years older than me, and then I have a younger one, Aaron, who's three Aaron, years younger. Yeah. Okay, so you're having kids. How, how, when's everybody getting born here? In the early 90s? Well, you were 93. I was 93. Emma was 90. Aaron was 96. 96. So, so. when I came to North Carolina, she was two. How did, so having three kids in that little span of time while you're racing, winning, how does that, how, what kind of challenges does that present? Um, <laughs> major, <laughs> not really, because my wife did it all. I got you. I mean, did it all. If I was, and there was a, a decent amount of time where I was living in North Carolina in '98, and she moved and wait until school was out that year to move down. Uh, so there was months and months where I was, we were living in two states. And wow, yeah, she she takes care of everything all the time. She's awesome. How yeah. do y'all manage that? So I mean, I can't. I'm I'm married, got kids in my head. I can't imagine me and my wife not living. Not being in the same place. <laughs> well, it, if if I was running sprint cars, it was not uncommon to be gone for a month and a half. Yeah. Whew. I mean, that's just how you did it. You went from um, Pennsylvania to Indiana to Iowa to Colorado to California and just kept racing every weekend, and then you worked your way back. When did y'all get married? Like, well, I think that's a bad question to I ask. I was about to say, don't look at me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Well, well I guess my question, I, I guess what I'm wondering is, uh, she she married, she, she knew the deal. I oh, mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you guys have been married a while. So, like, you, you she knew what the racing lifestyle was like. Yeah. Um, yeah probably I makes mean, that conversation that, easier. That, but still, I mean, a month and a half. Like, you're calling home yeah. as yeah. often as you can. Yeah. But, uh, and are those conversations ever, like, a <laughs> As you pick up the phone and she's like, "Hey, like get get the hell home." No, like, none never, of that. never, ever. Th- that seems God, amazing. Uh, like, how did it's that impossible. happen? <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> nah, Can't nah. even fathom that. I, mar- I married up. That's all I can tell yeah. you. <laughs> well, she was from, you know, close to Knoxville. Okay. Right. So I think she, their family, her family went to races a lot. And well, she, yeah, she had a, yeah. yeah, she was around it a lot. So that makes sense. Yeah, it was no. She's. I don't remember any time she ever called. And, I need help. I need any. I need anything. Never ever. Really. Yeah. She. She had. What? When is he? When do you? Are you? Does the family ever travel? With oh you? yeah, mm-hmm. just all the summers. But when in, when I got school time, then they were home. Yeah. How was he in school? You answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not great. I mean, I'm not gonna deny it. No, I. Uh, was, my my was, teachers would always say that. I wasn't fully applying myself in school. <laughs> yeah. That's what they always say. Yeah, that was probably that was probably my fault. Partly yeah. my fault. Why you say that? Well, I should have helped him along with applying himself. Did you? I did it in his racing, bru- yeah. brutally. I should have yeah. done it. I should have done it in school. If you had applied that to school, <laughs> I would have been a dang honor student. Why sure. do you say? Why do you say that you were? You say you pushed him brutally in in racing. What is what does that mean? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Learning's hard. Learning's not easy. And I saw a lot of kids and their parents racing. We started in 
quarter midgets, bandoleros, legend cars. We ran them all and ran two different things probably most of the time. Mm-hmm. Legend cars yeah. and, and quarter, midgets. quarter midgets, bandoleros, quarter midgets. Yeah. Late models and something else. Yeah, I think we – heck, I think the first year I ran late models, we were still running quarter midgets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because we like – we love the quarter midget stuff so much. And But you go – we go practice and test and, and even through races. And, you know, all I can do is explain the basics. That's all you can do to get, get, get them started. Well, then, um, then, now, all, then all you can do is correct mistakes quickly to not keep repeating them and get in the right – Mm-hmm. habits and um sometimes that was hard <laughs> yeah that, well, i mean did you, did you get impatient i mean like if if you have zero to logano's old man <laughs> oh i don't where know are you, where are you in well in i don't here? i don't know that scale i don't know <laughs> Mr. Logano. But, all right so we're trying to figure out how uh like how, how can we bet brian what do you mean yeah yeah ryan I, he wasn't mean you know but there was there was you know a, a decent amount of of stern talking to Man, for I sure and i i would you know i look back can't on see that dave being that <laughs> I, didn't, I can't either i mean I, I look back on that and i prefer that yeah. you know I, sure. if you sugarcoat Honesty. stuff mm-hmm. you know i feel like it doesn't quite get through if you're if you're babying somebody or sugarcoating them <laughs> like i would rather tell me right away what i'm messing up on and do it in a way to where it it's really gonna make me think about it so i don't do it again so i liked it you know um that time you might not realize it but back but looking back on it you're like man i'm happy the better way, you know. I think it's good to yeah. to really, you know, get the point across. How are you when you were when, you know, your dad explained how he was emotionally about trying to race, getting out of the the go kart into the sprint car. He wasn't badgering his dad hardcore. He was. It just kind of happened uh, naturally. Are you poking at him? Uh, hey man, how do I how do I get into something? How do I do something? I don't know. I think it was, I think as I just kind of got older, we just kind of took the different steps, you know, like. Like, how does that, how did y'all have that first conversation of, do you want to do this? Do you want to try this? I asked him. Yeah? Yeah. I remember, I remember asking him. I remember we had multiple conversations whenever we would, you know, about get ready to run a new car, you know, he he would always ask me, are you you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to race? I don't want to push you in anything. And, you know, I always, yes, you know, Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, that was. I think that was your idea of like, yeah, like now it's time for a legend car. Now it's time for late models and you know, things what, like that. So. What's uh, you ran? You're talking about running a lot of different stuff and a lot of different cars. Which one do you miss the most? Oh man, I loved the quarter midget stuff. Uh, that was that was so much fun. All the different classes. Uh, a lot of a lot of talented kids in the quarter midget stuff, especially back when I was running. There was so many cars. Uh, you, like you go to the Grands, right? That's like their Daytona 500. And it could be, you know, wherever, Huntsville, Alabama, you know, wherever. And, uh, I mean, how many cars you'd say would show up for a Grands race? 800. Yeah. Easily 800? 800? Cars. But there's, you know, there's <laughs> 10 different classes. Yeah, yeah. sure. But sure. there still might be 100 in your class and 10 make the wow. main. Yeah. Good Lord. That's amazing. Yeah. But I missed that stuff. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. To go run. And and super late models. I love super late models, too. Really? Yeah. I liked them. We went. Th- we, I've never we, drove one. You were a late model stock mm-hmm. guy? Yeah. I love the super late model stuff. We never did late model stocks. Um, we were in that past series, and it was a really good series that ran, mm. you know, in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and uh, Virginia. And, um, you know, it was a pretty solid, with a lot of good competition in it. And uh, we ran that for many years, I think. And um, I miss those cars. They went some really, really great racetracks. 
How did you help him in his career? Out, I mean, we talked about how you've so you know you, you coached him a little bit, but how are you? What were you doing to create these opportunities for him? Well, I could create some, right? As far as I could afford to race him some, and, and the super late model thing um, we could do. And, and the only reason I don't remember how it came about, but I think late model stock, you maybe had to be eighteen to run a NASCAR event. Uh, in the supers, you could be fourteen. We had fourteen. We could take him and run against the best guys in the country anywhere and um so that looked like the way to do it but who are some of the people that were helping you with him well past the super late model so we we decided to get a k&n car and we had uh friends of ours from ohio jim weller and his son raced super late models as well up in ohio pennsylvania so mm-hmm. we set to, decided to go in on a k&n car both of them are going to drive it ryan's going to drive a little bit jimmy's going to drive a little bit so that kind of morphed into the next year jimmy had his own team and um, we kind of had our own, but we could only do four or five races. And then we got help. And he, and he won one of those four or five at Phoenix in our own car. Yeah. A K&N car, yeah, we'd only run the bigger tracks. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't go run the short tracks. Where's that car sitting in when you're – during the time you're racing it, like where is this car sitting? In, is it at the shop. house? Yeah. Shop. yeah. Y'all did it all right there. Well, we'd take it – it was an old Turner car. Trent Owen. Yeah, he uh, uh, yeah. chiefed it. Trent, yeah. He so crew chiefed it. He was awesome. We'd, he take, was it awesome. To, we'd take it to Turner and – put on scales and stuff like that i tried to hire trent one time he wouldn't come work here he's, he's good he's a good he's kid a really good guy. awesome dude and um well then uh we had the so things kept getting better you win in a k&n race yeah went out in phoenix and then i got an arca i went actually paid billy venturini to put him in an arca car and and billy i think billy approached me about it he had seen him run and one they said you should think about it and okay so we went to winchester that was my first one winchester yeah. Like new track record, crazy, crazy fast. He was. I led like I think it was two hundred fifty lap race. I led like two hundred thirty, and we blew a right front tire. <laughs> but and I just I remember the practice day that I went to. Yeah. And Billy, they'd run so much. They're like, okay, here's what we should start at for race speeds, and here if we do a mock up run, here's what we should run. And so your first laps on the track were way below the mock up run speed he was thinking you'd run. Yeah. So I'm like stop him before it gets out of hand here <laughs> yeah and uh fast yeah, the arca stuff that ticks me off man because i ran like well we ran some races for billy yeah uh we ran winchester i think we ran irp one year with him yeah and jonathan davis was crew chief in it. <laughs> no kidding yeah <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh wait jonathan davis jonathan Hired jonathan in, davis. in the yeah. shop yeah room? oh yeah he was crew chief in it so you were on us. your own huh <laughs> <laughs> that's why we lost the race <laughs> Uh, for sure turn the speakers on out there. yeah <laughs> yeah um i think those are the only two we ran for venturini and then i ran for cunningham a little bit the next year because we were with got with penske or maybe it was a couple years after that we ran cunningham but i ran like seven arca races and oh for seven and but should have won six of them so that kind of makes me mad yeah. we never won an arca well, race. it's funny we, too i mean you, you just won your you just won atlanta in a cup car and you <laughs> you like can't let go of those yeah you just the can't ones you, the ones oh, you lose man, no. you just yeah. they probably worse than you enjoy the the ones you win yeah and like dominating these arca races yeah. just something stupid happens i blame jonathan for one of them. <laughs> that's so. a good place to place that's good <laughs> I'm, I'm curious though ryan at what point did you think you could make a career out of it and i'm wondering if you had a moment where you thought he had the it factor I don't know. You know, I definitely wasn't early. Like, you know, as a as a teenager, you know, 13, 14, running late models, you don't think that. You're just trying to do the best you can. And I, I probably didn't think I could make a career out of it until, you know, really we started running good, like ran 
in the ARC stuff and the K&N stuff, you know, running the NASCAR tracks that the cup guys run on, running pretty good. I was like, man, we're running good. And then when, you know, I got with Penske, I was like, wow, we must be doing something halfway right. And But then still, you, you got to keep running well, right? You no, of just... course. But like it's some, like I remember when Dale Jr., like even at DEI, they didn't even give him the opportunity to, to run that 98, the, the year that he won the, the, the championship. I don't think you knew that you were in that car until like a week before. And so, well, you it, walked in the shop and they had and your you name saw on his the name. Car, I mean, like, right? so, yeah. so, like, he certainly at that point wasn't making, wasn't thinking about a career. I mean, like, so obviously you got to make it, but you're saying at this point, when you get the Penske ride, like, okay, maybe this really can happen. When did you think that he had the potential to make it happen? I was way before that. Was it? I can tell you the night. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> it was at Orange County. Oh, my, and our Super ASA late. start? Uh, your first super late model start. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was 14. Yeah. He looked 10. Tiny. Looked, uh, and we were, that's the first race we'd run. We tested mm-hmm. a lot. Had Robert Hamke and Robbie working on. I mean, we had good, Dang. good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good guys. And we tested that's at Orange Hickory. County, Hickory, and yeah. we'd run really good. So we show up, he shows up, qualifies in the middle of the field. And I remember <laughs> driver introductions. I was standing around with you, and the other drivers are looking at me like I'm a criminal. Got this little 10-year-old-looking kid in this car. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Dad of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they throw the, – I'm on top of my trailer. Um, Kyle Bush has got his late model team there. His dad, Tom, came over and stood on top of my trailer. We stand on top of my trailer. And he goes from about 14th, 16th to 4th in about 40 laps at Orange County, up the hill, driving under him, around him. I mean, yeah. like, we're standing like, is Kyle Busch driving this car? Mm. He's 14, first race. I mean, I knew right there he had it. I don't know if it's no. going to get you there, but right. like, holy crap. Yeah, that bat- was the night. We had battery trouble. They didn't even finish. Right no, third. I thought we were on third. That 40 laps was enough for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. The, um, the one race that I remember, and probably the first time I saw Ryan race, was at Richmond in yeah. – uh, this what? Uh, 2012. 2012. And Tommy Baldwin's car. Tommy Baldwin's car. So Tommy had a Bush car. And uh, a lot of respect to Tommy, but his cars, you know, weren't weren't exactly front-running race cars. And you drove the car in in the top 10. Yeah, we ended up running seventh that night. Mm -hmm. And I think I remember talking to you a little bit and just briefly getting a sense of sort of the urgency of of where he was in his career. And it was – uh, I got the impression that that was that y'all worked really hard to put just that little deal together and didn't know what was going to happen next. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, we had good friends in um, well, the Seal Wrap came on Jeff Welch, Kurt Wilson yep. out of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Saw Ryan race a late model and um, started helping a little bit, and then he he ran really good in the Arca car, and then they then they had the Arca car at IRP. It yeah, was a full Seal car. Wrap car. Yep. So between those guys and me and a couple other friends, we put enough money together to run five bush races how did you know how did you know tommy oh i knew tommy well at the time you were driving for a cup car for him yeah but i met him at bill davis's i guess when i first showed up he was at bill's he was and and yeah and i i don't i knew of him before that when he and his dad ran modifies but i don't think i'd ever met him until i got to so how did the conversation start well we were just looking we we got some we got some money raised to go get it so i actually called gil martin at rcr and and bought a car from him. I said, oh. I need your best car. Because my Gil was my first crew chief in, in the Bush Series. Yep. So I'm, I need the best car you can let go for Ryan. 
So we rented an engine over there. We got one car, one engine, and um, and Tommy agreed to to take care of it, bring it to the track, do the whole thing. So show up and uh, run. In the long run, he was so really fast, fast that night. He, I think he could have won if it yeah. played out right. But yeah. um, but really, I think he raced back then. I know Brad was racing, Hamlin was racing, Casey Kane was racing, everybody was oh, racing. Oh, every, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's um, a full field. I don't know if you'll explain it this way, but I, he got hired by Penske after that race. Really? Mm. Mm. One, his first Bush race. So, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Yeah, so, One go else. ahead, Dale. <laughs> so, you run, I remember that night, you run the race and you win, what do you mean that night? Well, they started talking to you after that. Yeah. At and, um, the track or no, call no. you up on the phone? Or? No. No, we, uh. How old are you, I, I Ryan? Forget, I'm 27. Then. So then, 2012, I was. <laughs> this is where the schooling comes in. 19. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was 19 when we made those starts. And they're calling you. I did not. I don't remember if I got a call. Like RP didn't didn't call me. Right. Um, well, I, I think had, it was Tim Sendrick or Mike Nelson. I had talked to Mike Nelson before that about it because at that point they had Parker Klingerman and they might have had a couple other guys doing some testing and a little bit of running. Yeah. So I I talked to those guys about considering you. Mm-hmm. And told them what you'd done, and but then after that race, they got back with me. Ah, yeah. yeah. And um, and I know Kentucky was the next race you ran. Yeah, we ran. And, no, we ran. Uh, we oh, ran yeah. Darlington, <laughs> and I wrecked about lap one and a half. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I was like, oh my god, my career's over. It's done <laughs> for real. Hero one week, and then I can't show my face anymore. For real, like that's exactly the way you're feeling. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, cause there was all the oh yeah, just oh man, I'm so good. Ran seventh. <laughs> You know, I'm so good. Oh, we're going to Darlington. It's nothing. Whose car and was that? That was the same, same car. car. Okay. <laughs> Killed it. That was the end of that Did car. the tank slapper off, too, and destroyed the fence. And uh, lap, lap one and a half. I was like, well, I'm done. This is fun, and I'm going to go back running late models. And then, But we still had some more starts, you know. And I was just mad we, we wrecked that car because it was, was a, car. it was a really good car. And then, yeah, I think the next one was Kentucky. And we ran seventh there, too. We ran seventh or eighth at Kentucky. Ran yeah, but good. I, the thing I remember about it was them telling you they were going to do it. Yeah. Well, I, I remember talking to Brad after that race because Brad was running too. And um, I had I had dinner with Brad and uh, the guy who was running his truck team at the time, uh, Wayne Setterington, that week. And, you know, Parker Klingerman was driving for him, for their truck and Penske's Xfinity car. And I guess it wasn't working out, you know, the way they wanted to. And they were kind of looking for a driver and just – you know, got really fortunate it lined up and the timing was, was correct. So Brad was a big part of getting me in there too. You know, really? talking to Brad and then my, I'm saying Brad probably pushed the whole yeah. thing. I'm certain Brad was the main part of him getting a shot. Mm-hmm. Wow, now that's interesting. Yeah. You know, um still a teammate. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is cool. You yeah. guys uh did you know Brad pretty well? Or are you meeting these guys sort of for the first time? The first time I talked to Brad was after that Kentucky race. He came up to me walking okay. back to the pits. The reason I ask is Brad always has some unique first impression on people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you I, never you never know which way it's going to go. I got a I got a good first impression of him. What um, was it? It was during the days that we did the tandem drafting at Talladega. So I was in Baldwin's car. He calls me during the week. He said, "We need to talk about running together." The heck, you want to run together with me for? And um, <laughs> so. We show up at Talladega, he called me, hey, come over to my motorhome. And he's got all these, all this film ready of guys drafting and pushing and situations. I'm like, holy <laughs> this guy is on it. <laughs> it is unbelievable. Yeah. Unbe- yeah. And then during the race, we, we did it all day, and I think we finished third and fourth doing it. 
and um, they were in the middle of the chase, and it was it was a big day for for Brad and that team uh, to finish, you know, finish a race at Talladega and, and finish good. So it was incredible. He he was really good during the race. Was perfect. It was it was the coolest experience the whole weekend. Do you remember where when they had the we had the red flag at Daytona on the back straightaway <laughs> yes. and everybody got out of their cars? Yeah. He's leading the race. I think you were driving Tommy's car. Yeah. Do you remember that? I remember all of it. Um, did you think you might? end up winning that race well half of me didn't want any part of it and half of me was like okay why i don't know you just don't want to win them that way no he'd be the biggest asterisk in nascar history well <laughs> i mean I, I feel like you'd <laughs> you'd learn to live with it <laughs> i mean it's, there wasn't another cut there wasn't another driver in the field ryan that wanted to get back in their cars yeah and, and the, yeah everybody wanted dave to win that race I, yeah. i've told you before he he wouldn't leave my car yeah he wanted to see what happened if i won that race yeah, yeah. I remember being. I there. remember. Yeah. Well, you guys ran that race on a Monday, right? Because it rained. I don't remember that. But I think it was a Monday know. night. It was. It was. What, what yeah. year is this? July twenty twelve. I think it was when Juan crashed in turn three in the fire. Yeah, I think that was twenty twelve. Yeah. I remember. I remember because I was there all week and during speed weeks, <laughs> oh, all that stuff, and it gets rained out, and I got to go to school you know, on Monday, so I'm sitting at the house, pissed off <laughs> under this red flag because I was like, I'm there all week. <laughs> and dad's gonna win this race and yeah. i'm not gonna be there so but ended up not happening but i was like I'm, man put in work all week i, I won the race at the port of john so i was good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming back to me now. that's right so one hits that was that the 500 or was that the summer race because i thought that 500. was, 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 was the 500 500 yeah yeah yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. yeah. i'm not changing my story no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go, with it. go with it right no, but it was. Yeah, Juan hits the uh, jet dryer, mm -hmm. big explosion. You guys are parked for how long? Yeah. Like an hour? We got out. Everybody's hours? standing around talking. You, you and Brad make your race to the Port of John. We race to Port of John. Took, Brad took his famous self or picture from inside the car. And the got, phone, you know, got phone. phones banned from, phones from banned. race cars. <laughs> There's a lot happened in that. <laughs> that was a big night. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize Dave was winning, though. He was leading That's, the race. Mm -hmm. Man. And, we, we had gotten damage, and um, everybody had – the caution to come out, everybody pitted, but we just stayed out because we were going to take a little bit to fix the damage. So by staying out, then it happened, and we're, we, we were on our way to pit road, but we ended up in the front. Yeah. So it was a weird thing. Mm -hmm. I would have learned to live with it. I would have been out. I know. I wouldn't have worried about <laughs> it. They, told they still got to etch your name on that trophy. Uh, you still, it would have been funny. You'd, you'd have had to give up that car for, uh, for a year and, uh, <laughs> with the damage and all. That would have been nice. Yeah. It would have been nice. You co-own uh, Sharon Speedway. Yes. What is what is co-owning a racetrack like? It is our home track. I grew up oh. two three miles from it, uh -huh. so it's always been part of. Um, my dad didn't race there full time. At, at times, it was a pavement track. Maybe from the all the seventies, it was a pavement track. So we drove past it every week to go race at a dirt track. <laughs> but um, it got to the point where it, it had been a dirt track for a, quite a while, and um, some friends. Jim Jim Weller and uh, the Carrillo family went in and bought it, and uh, it's been an experience. We've had it for 20 years. It's wow. been a long time. So who mess who messes with that? We got a uh, Dave Willoughby and his wife okay. uh, take care of it day to day up there, and it's um. How far you get up there? Much? No, I'll go yeah. race up there. Yeah. This summer several times, but as far as going up and handling anything, no. Uh, my wife Lisa does a bunch, all the financial side of it yeah. along with everybody's it seems like but um it's okay it's a, it's a good racetrack um it's not on the scale of eldora as far as size you know facility size it's kind of smaller but 
the track is nice. It races nice. It's it's good. It's just so interesting to me because it's something you probably just wouldn't have to do. Like it's not a money making business, I imagine. No. And but you do it just cause. Yeah. Yeah. It's race. <laughs> it's, it's racing. Yeah. No. Uh, well, when it when we bought it, it was a big half mile, and we thought the racing would be way better if it was smaller. So we immediately shrunk it. And um, and my my dad his whole life had a had a sawmill lumberyard is what he worked, and that that was kind of phasing out so he dove right into the racetrack side of it and he and my brother changing were part of changing it all over so you've done this uh i think i think about um a lot of the dads and sons that are going to mill bridge every week and doing that and across the country really and you've did that with ryan ryan's successful he's made it he worked hard to get there but you were definitely a big influence on that what's the what's the best advice and maybe what are some of the some of the mistakes uh, that can be made when you're trying to support your son and help him sort of get through uh, his teenage years and make it into <laughs> racing? I don't know. Yeah? I don't know. It's weird. Um, I, I know a bunch of dads back then, used, they'd have a plan. Well, we're going to do this. You can't have a plan. No plan. You just, just got to let the kid do what he wants to do, follow his lead. Maybe if he wants to race more, okay, let's race more. But don't say, hey, we're going to race this many times. So kind of follow their lead. Everybody does it different. I'm sure it works both ways as far as patting them on the back after every time they get out of the car and great job, great job. Well, I wasn't that way so much. Yeah. <laughs> I, but, don't, uh, I don't think that makes you uncommon, actually. I, I don't nah. see a whole lot of bat, bat, uh, back patting going on <laughs> these days. Um, well, I, you know, I, I look at – you're right. There's a lot of drivers out there that are got their kids running these things. They look like they're two or three years old, and they're out there running these, uh, you know, go-karts and midgets and what, whatnot. But um, – Feels like they may be a little hard on them already. I yeah. don't know. It feels like it. Well, were you eight or nine when we started? I think it was nine. Nine, and I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it any earlier. There's tons of them out there so early, and they can't even really comprehend what they need to do. So how, you can't teach them. So they're not gaining anything from it except maybe a bad experience. Yeah. So I don't know. So be pa- yeah. you can be patient. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you rush out there right when he turns the age limit to do it. If you if you think maybe he's ready, but yeah. He wasn't ready. It's not going to create an advantage <laughs> long term. I don't think so. Yeah. What about the speeding ticket? Which one? Do you, uh, which oh, one? Oh, well, oh, the bad one that I, that I talked about. Yeah. You, you brought time. it up on t- in 2019. Your dad didn't know about it? Did you know about the speeding ticket no. I got in your car? <laughs> I heard about it when you were on here. <laughs> okay. I, I knew it. I knew you didn't know about it. But <laughs> Why do you want you? to tell the story again? Yeah, or? Sure. Okay. Well, I forget what year it was. We were running late models, and uh, so it had to have been. 2010 maybe i was 18 yep so yeah 2010 2011 we were running that uh caraway run a race cra race that southern six-pack deal and like ross kenseth was there matt's son jeff fultz was running um and we led that whole race they shortened it because uh i forget there were a time limit or something so they shortened the race but we already restricted the motor down we run a super late model for a, a long race 150 lap race i think it only ended up being 100 so we didn't have as much power as we probably needed to for a short race like that. And, but we're leading the whole thing. He's setting this up big time. I know. I can see an yeah. excuse coming this is, here. This getting, is- <laughs> getting, get, got to a restart. Anyway, Ross Kenseth punts me into one, and we both go up the track. <laughs> Jeff so, Holtz passes me both. Somewhere, somewhere there's a speeding in ticket in this story. I'm just setting up why I got the speeding ticket, because this all was the reason I got the speeding ticket. I'm st- Ross Kenneth should have paid for that speeding ticket, because <laughs> sent me into one, and he's up the track too, so we both don't even win the race. Anyway, I'm taking my little sister to gymnastics the next day. I'm driving your car, and uh, I drop her off. 
And I just was thinking about that, that race. <laughs> okay. I, was, I was so pissed off. I was like, man, we had that race one. It's, you know, it's BS. So, I mean, I'm wide open in your car going down this road. And I, we crest the hill, and a cop passes me, and we make eye contact. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, so I was stopped by the time he like turned around. I was just stopped. <laughs> I, window was down. <laughs> I might have had my ID like already out the window. So, and don't, he came. Don't up. drive angry. That's in a movie, I think. Sometime. I know. Yeah. Uh, but that one was bad. <laughs> Mom was furious. How does your dad never find out? I think mom would have known. Mom did you a solid. Mom knew. <laughs> yeah. Mom knew. You probably. Mom thought, and I was scared too, that like dad would not let me race for a while. Really? Because because it was like it was I was like ninety in a in a forty. It was ninety three in a forty five. Yeah, and uh, so that was a bad one. And mom was put the fear of mom in me, and uh, I haven't had one really since. I <laughs> I got my the one I've gotten after that was like last year, and it was you got older. one last year. Yeah, I got one headed back. Uh, we were in Richmond, and you were racing a dirt track over there. Yeah. And I was going to the racetrack, and I didn't see the speed limit drop yeah. real fast, and he kind of tagged me like a few miles away from yeah. the track. So you mentioned you're being angry a day later, <laughs> and I see like you have that person, you have that trait of like getting mad, mad. Like, Sometimes nothing like it doesn't matter. I, I just know that you have this sort of part of you where it's different than most people at least most drivers i'm comparing i want to i want to know if explain <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, he just gets mad like yeah. really really mad angry he's got anger issues well i mean he doesn't example make, i want an example like what me we're pretty good pals yeah but if if i race you hard or something you were oh, i'm not his pal anymore you like did, in that moment you did have a moment or two didn't you martinsville yeah. Oh, yes, we did. We wrecked. He wrecked yeah. me. Yeah. 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 Somebody was him. uninvited to drink beers afterwards. I don't remember That's the details. True. But like, <laughs> I just know, having been around you and spent time with you and listened to you, uh, and you telling that story right there, like yeah. you will, you'll get mad at something, and it burns inside of you. I so that. it does. Do you? He, do you, he doesn't get it from his mother. I'll just say that. So yeah. is that yours? Yeah. Is that you? Yes. <laughs> like y'all, like yeah. y'all don't outwardly, y'all don't, you'd never know it until you compete with, like I competed with you and that, and that's where I saw it. Like I'd never yeah. see it. You'd, you'd never see it in conversation or hanging out. You don't get upset at somebody and want to fight them in a bar. Mm -hmm. But when you get behind the wheel of a race car, this, this, when you, when you get frustrated, it's like a level mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty high. It's and actually, believe it or not, that's actually gotten better over the years. It has it? I used well, to be bad at it, and now it's 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 gotten better over the few yeah. years. Well, Dale retired. He left the sport. You didn't have anybody to be so angry about it. <laughs> I remember when I spun you out. Yeah, I accidentally you, we banged. Yeah, I was at, still outside, and he put me in the fence, and then. So, I didn't even mean to spin you out. It was like a weird, didn't take much kind of thing, and yeah. turned you around and. Tell you what, leaving the track that night, it was, it was pretty <laughs> funny. It was pretty funny. No, like just fans. I know. And stuff well, like didn't that. say anything to you. What's that? They no, were, you didn't say nothing. No, no did the fans. fans. Did the they fans? Were, yeah. They were, probably, they were nice. <laughs> no, they were not nice. What did they say to you? Oh, they were like, oh, spin a junior out. You're, you're deep <laughs> now, bud. Like, walking back to my bus, I was like, well, I had one guy be like, watch out for me on Twitter tonight. Like, he said that to me. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. I'm going to get you on Twitter. Yeah. I was like, you're right <laughs> here. Say what you got to say yeah. right here. That'll learn him. 
That'll yeah. get him. He ain't gonna do that. <laughs> so that personality so. trait is you. You've had. You've always kind of been that way. A little bit. I never knew that. <laughs> I then see because like. Well, go ahead. Same thing. He showed, gets better with age, but yeah, okay. Yeah, it's there. I must have when I ran across you. It was <laughs> it was way better. <laughs> I got to be honest. I like uh, I'm learning so much about Ryan right now I that I had no idea about. It. And now he always came across as really self critical. Yeah, I, I, I think he, if I would have always I would have believed that he gets mad at himself a lot. I remember after India in the bush race, you thought you had you felt like you should have won that race. That was bad. Yeah, you were yeah. so mad at yourself. What happened? Yeah. It was 20, 2015. Yeah, 2015 at Indy, we were running the Xfinity race, and Kyle Busch was best car all day, and we beat him on a restart, like 20 to go. Kind of gapping him a little bit, but he was staying pretty close. And I come off two on on the last lap and just missed it, missed turn two. And uh, he ended up passing me and lost the race. So that was that was bad. That was a rough one for sure. Uh, how many times are you going to have a chance to win a race at Indy for – Roger Penske Roger, and, yeah, and yeah. lose it like yeah, that. That yeah. was pretty bad. I guess. Yeah. I thought I was going to get fired. What? Yeah. How many times have you thought you were going to get fired? <laughs> Our, this well, is the second time it's come up in this conversation. Mr. Penske, uh, I was running the cup race for the Wood Brothers that year. Yeah. Um, when That was part-time in 15. And he had his – Roger had his bus there. He called me in Sunday morning, and I was like, here it is. Here it comes, <laughs> man. And uh, he was – Gave me some good words of encouragement. You're almost so. fired. <laughs> in my mind, <laughs> in my mind, that what Roger said. I was like, "Oh my god, oh my gosh, man, this is it. Done. Probably not even going to run this cup race today." <laughs> and uh, no, he was very nice about everything. Yeah. So. How do you handle the, the those races where he's done that? Uh, you know, he's made a mistake. He lost. You know, a race at Indy could have been great. What's the first thing you, uh, you, as the father, saying to him? Are you trying to pick him back up? Or are you going like, "What were you thinking?" I didn't say anything. Really? I don't say anything until the next day, maybe. Well, okay, but yeah. the next day. I'm saying, what's the next thing you say to him? You can't say anything. Um, the only thing I used to get upset was not if I didn't feel like he was trying hard enough. Oh, yeah, that, that's a good one for that. That was the biggest thing. And then and then it was just correcting mistakes and, okay, you're still doing it. You got some, but, but something like that, just uh, missing it, going for it, you know, that's racing. You can't, you yeah. can't get upset at that. Effort that that's one like yeah looking at your kids even today it's like uh, I'm looking at my daughters and I'm like God you weren't even trying yeah. out there and yeah, she's like at, I'm I'm just going to get the mail dad look I at mean, anybody you know whatever it is and it's like no do it better harder go yeah. run look at anybody in any top sport the guys that get after it the hardest they right they uh, they rise to the top so Ryan um, your Advance Auto Parts has been a big supporter of yours over the years yep. and. Uh, they got this ad, uh, advanced my track challenge mm -hmm. um, coming up mm -hmm. on the dirt race at Bristol. It's definitely got a short track feel to it. Tell us about the uh, advanced my track challenge. What is that? Yeah, so well, advanced auto parts got with us last year, and um, you know, it's great to have them in the sport. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a great company, and um, you know, getting to know everybody. So they're on my car at Bristol this weekend uh, for the dirt race. So that's that's pretty good. But yeah, they're doing the advanced my track challenge. Uh, they do a lot with short tracks right now um and with the weekly series they call mm -hmm. it so the challenge is they got 22 um tracks across us and canada uh, that are participating uh, in the advance my track challenge and voting's already open it st actually started today march 23rd so by the time this comes out it already start so uh you can vote at advancemytrack.com and what you do is they'll have all these 22 tracks and the voting will go on here till may 9th and um the top six tracks will receive a, a final two-day 
voting that goes on May 9th and 10th. And so the winner will get 50 grand uh, to, you know, oh, wow. to for the facility uh, to, you know, enhance kind of all the fan experience. Um, second gets 15,000, third gets 10,000. Um, so that's what they want to do. You know, short tracks is obviously we've been sitting around talking about how we grew up racing and stuff like that. And, um, you know, they, they've doing they've done a great job. Advance has of, you know, really trying to help out, yeah. you know, where everyone kind of comes from. And, you know, I've raced at a lot of these tracks before, you know, Wake County and South Boston, Berlin up in Michigan. There, uh, there are a lot of great tracks on uh, on the list. So, yeah, if you're a fan and go out and vote because it's really going to help these tracks out. On your race car each weekend, uh, instead of Advance's logo on the mm-hmm. C post, they're gonna you're going to have uh, one of the different tracks represented. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so they do it on both the left and the right C posts. It's two different tracks. So yeah. that's that's cool. You know, that just shows how much they care about these short tracks. Each track featured on your car each uh, will receive 1200 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you go to vote? You go to advancemytrack.com. Advancemytrack.com. Mm-hmm. Right on. So voting's already open by the time this comes out. So. This is pretty key because you guys know this really well. Way back in the 70s and the 80s and through the 90s, the Winston support through NASCAR all fed and all the way down to the bottom in the short track ranks, and, and all these tracks were NASCAR sanctioned, and, and Winston had them paint the walls, and everything just looked really cool, and there was a great connection and bond between the local track and and the big series. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Advance is sort of filling that gap now uh, with programs like this. So big props to Advance Auto Parts uh, for, for doing so much for short track racing and the local short track racing. Mm-hmm. Fifty grand, by the way. I mean, as a racetrack owner, that goes a long way, doesn't G- it? Gigantic. Yeah, gigantic. That's a, that's a game changer right there. Yeah, so. I know they're they're on uh, Tony Stewart Sprint Car at the moment. I've seen it this year, so mm-hmm. yeah, all about that world. This is um, that, that's got to be their pretty big customer base as well. Yeah, we won the uh, national championship for the late mile stocker <coughs> Winston Racing Series, is what it used to be called, but now it's the Advanced Auto Parts <laughs> Short Track Series, and we're very very proud of it. Amazing trophy. Yeah, um, and I know Advance has to pay for it, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> that makes them special. And I'll tell you what, and and they were so nice. They we we win the trophy and we bring it here. And I wanted to get a second one made to give to our one of our sponsors and they, or our two sponsors, and they paid for that. Oh, so, is that right? Yeah, yeah, good folks. You know, when we were doing Lost Speedways last year, it really kind of brought up the fact that people really have not only just have connections to their lost. Uh, to, to their speedways, to their local tracks, but it's personal. Like, it's a personal relationship. That's the part we didn't really know until we did that show. And so when you give people an opportunity to show that that meaningful, that, 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 uh, that relationship like this, like going out and voting, I mean, if you can get your track $50,000, I think they're going to come out of the woodwork. I mean, this is when people really get to show uh, what, what's important. And so I love this. I love this program. It's awesome. Well, we're, we're lucky to have them for sure. And, and them showing, you know, coming on board uh, to do a handful of primaries last year, you know, and continuing through this year, that just shows, you know, a, a pretty much a, a new company coming in the sport that hasn't been in the sport at least in a while. So Advance and CarQuest are Advance owns CarQuest too. So I know CarQuest was – were they at Hendrick for a little bit? Mm, yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think Advance was part of that yet. So just to have them, you know, you talk about new companies coming into the sport. Mm-hmm. And then not only being on a car but doing what they're doing now with the weekly series is uh, is really cool to see. Well, so. man, coming off your uh, win in Atlanta – I know you got an unknown, a complete unknown at Bristol. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be sitting up in a suite watching. Nice. Yeah. So nice. what? 
Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Should have kept that to myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got a big question, though. So I know that we, you know, we don't know what setup to put in the car. You don't know whether you, you know, you're going to how to drive the car and all the things. You're going to learn all that really quickly. Mm-hmm. But you know this, 250 laps in a dirt race. I mean, this thing, yeah. that's going to be hard. Feels long. It's their dirt races aren't long races typically. Um, what's the longest dirt race you ever ran? Mm, maybe two hundred laps. So, what car was that? It would have been a what they call a big block modified, or maybe even a silver crown car. We might have went one fifty, but yeah, this is going to be a long race. Mm-hmm. So I ran. I mean, I've I've ran I've ran uh, a ten lap match race on dirt. <laughs> And felt like I'd ran 200 laps. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> what'd you, what'd you, what car did you run? It was a uh, one of them four cylinder modifieds. Okay. Like Kenny Wallace. I don't know if it's four cylinder. Um, Were you hanging on a little too tight, or I mean, what got you so tired? Uh, I think I held my breath <laughs> yeah. the whole time. Forgot to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's going to be the biggest. Sh- I, you know, you guys c- can can tell me your opinion, but I think that's going to be the biggest shock to everybody is just how physical this race is going to be. I think so. Um, no, granted. So the when the dirt late models were there last week, you know, they were running mid fifteen second laps. I think we'll be in the twenty twenty one second. You know, probably. Um, and the track got really rough. You know, uh, now it won't get as rough, I don't think, because we're not going as fast through the corners. Those cars tear up a lot of, you know, of the dirt. But I'm just curious to see, and no one knows this, how the track is going to change, you know, how they're going to start the track for us. They can't start it with a lot of moisture on it because, you know, we have windshields, things like that. You can't cake up windshields. So just to see how much the track changes over that, over the weekend and over the whole race, you know, I think that's just what – there's another thing that's up in the air that no one really knows. That does present so. a challenge that you guys have windshields. You won't be able to have, you know, you're not going to be tearing off mm-hmm. tear-offs from your visor. So what are some of the, are there anything that y'all are conversating about as far as preventative uh, maintenance to keep the windshield from becoming, you know, impossible to see out of? Well, we get a little, like, uh, a little screen, like a plexiglass screen on the hood, I think, All right. to deflect it like the trucks used to do. How much does that really do to deflect? I don't think it does that much, to be Because those have been, I used to, you know, you see them on ARCA cars way back. I mean, as long yeah. ARCA's run dirt for years, decades, and even cup cars, even Richard Petty and them guys, when they yeah. would run dirt, they'd have something on the winch, on the hood, and I'm like, what is that really doing? Yeah. Is it actually moving that much air out of the winch, out of the path of the windshield? I'm not sure. Um, we ran them in the trucks at Eldora, but it was never... The track was never, you know, tacky enough to yeah. really like sling dirt. When we when you were racing somebody, like it'd start off a little a little tacky in practice, but did you ever have a race at Eldora in the truck where the windshield was bad? No, no, so it that, got it got so that lived. dried dried off the track did that it would just get dusty. All right, I'm not gonna worry about it then. So, but I don't know. I like put some find some slick stuff you can put on the windshield. Yeah. I guess if it does, maybe it'll just kind of slide off. But you ran sure. the trucks. Yeah, I ran Andorra. the 13. Dad ran the 2013 too. Y'all were teammates. Yep, for Brad, and I ran a 14 as well. So, so what is from that experience? What's your um, comfort level going into this race? Eh, not bad. I mean, yeah. I think <laughs> no one knows what to expect, right? I mean, you could have you know people have be really struggling, and, and uh, but I thought the trucks were pretty good. You know, just different track and things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I look forward to it. It's gonna be fun. So just have to be easy. What else about the season are you looking forward to? It's nice to get a win out of the way early. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. You know, it's, we never won this early before, so that's, that part's nice. But 
you know, just, just going through the year. And, you know, I thought we did a great job Sunday of, of working through what we needed to work through. And, you know, as Todd and I get to know each other better, you know, that just helps, you know, mm-hmm. time with somebody. And uh, Y'all made a big change. You're talking about Todd. Y'all made a change the year before last with crew mm-hmm. chiefs. Everybody got – it's kind of like a duck-duck-goose kind of thing going on where yeah. everybody changed crew chiefs. In my mind, I like where you ended up, right? Yeah, Todd's great. I mean, so it was really – the driver moved with the whole team so like i got the whole old 22 team wow you know kozlowski got all my team and joey got brad's team so it was like driver and spotter moved like yeah. and everyone else stayed would you tell me if one of those guys one of those drivers was thinking hmm i don't like my my thing my deal my deal's not this wasn't good for me i don't know i like mine <laughs> So, you know, I I don't, I can't speak for those guys. I mean, obviously they ran great, you know, last year they, both of them were in the championship four, you know, both of them won multiple races. So, um, your cars had the most speed in my opinion. Yeah. We just didn't really capitalize and things didn't, didn't work out, but you know, hopefully, you know, Todd and I sat down this off season and figured out, all right, what did we do well that we can continue to do well, or, or what do we really need to work on and, and pinpoint those things. And, apply them and i think we've been doing a pretty decent job at applying them just have to keep going well man um you got to be enjoying watching him uh succeed and probably has become bigger and better than your your dreams ever imagined no doubt i'm i'm proud of who he is i mean he's a good kid got his head on straight As, as far as me looking at him as talented and as fast as anybody in the cup series it's just stacking experience on yep. top to get there there's one last thing i wanted to say uh appreciate everything your 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 support of the pittsburgh medical center uh that i went to to get my head straightened out uh you went through a similar experience right. uh and they helped you but not only that uh, after the fact you're actively supporting uh sharing people your story that takes a lot of uh bravery to say, hey, man, I had this problem. I went and got it fixed. If you, you know, because it sends a lot of people in that right direction. Um, and you, I'm sure you're hearing stories about um, how sharing your own experience has helped others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really appreciate you doing that. It's been great to talk to you guys. Dave, I've thought the world of you for a really long time. <laughs> you're an amazing dude. You got a great son, uh, and he's got an amazing future. So we're just glad to have y'all's time. I know you've been, you got a busy week. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, no problem. Big winner. Thank you. Yes, sir. Hey, do, do you remember a race? This is how good he is. You remember a race at Darlington? It was a cup race. Yeah. Everybody. Oh, come, yeah. That wreck right at the <laughs> <Yes>. end. <laughs> so it was a big melee on the front straightaway, and we dive out of the way, and I dive down and through the infield up the track and smash right into the side of the yeah. <laughs> Just blew smoked him right out of the side. And um, race is over. We're getting my car ready, and I see here he comes walking over. <laughs> And I, he should be mad. And um, he just walks over, stands beside me. Good try, Dave. Walked off. <laughs> well, that was different than I expected. <laughs> you I, I don't mean, even know. Is that an insult or is that like no, is that a compliment? No, it was, is it it's, it's no. like good try? I mean, yeah, he did. Done, I think he'd have done the same thing I did if I was if he was in that position. And yeah. It was just, it was funny though. Yeah. It wasn't what I expected. I admired you and always respected you even before we got to racing together. <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, you were a legend coming to try to do, try to make NASCAR work at the same time I was trying to make NASCAR work. So we were both kind of rookies yeah. in, a, in a sense. Yeah. Uh, but you obviously were 
established than me <laughs> in, in, in another discipline. So it was pretty cool. But I had, um, had the same thing happen with your dad a little bit. Oh, yeah. In 2000. Yeah, we were, we were rookies in Cup 2000. So we were Daytona, first race. We're out there in drafting practice. And somehow I'm, I'm beside your dad, and everybody's wiggling around, and somehow my, my left front touched his right rear. And um, but it was no big deal. We yeah. just all kept going. So two laps later, my left front goes down in the wall. I go. Oh no! So we're over there trying to work on my car and fix it, and here here comes your dad walking over. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure how this is going to go either. So <laughs> he comes over and says, Dave, you got to get off the track if there's contact in practice. I mean, he's just trying to tell me yeah. you can't stay out there. I'm like, well, I know you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, it was cool. I I just never I never. Um, I don't know. I wasn't much of a talker, and I didn't deal with your dad much as far as, you know, I wasn't a chit-chat guy. And yeah, neither was he. Yeah, I know, and we yeah. just never. But um, he You weren't me. a chit-chat guy. Not at all. Yeah. I always liked to bug him on driver's <laughs> intros because you, you couldn't run from me there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, one day your dad, I ran, um, it was in a bush race at Michigan. I'm pretty sure you won it. It was a race, remember that race that Jeff Gordon came back and ran mm-hmm. a Pepsi car? Yeah. And um, I think I qualified on a pole. You guys took off, and at one point during the race, I ran you down from a long way back. Uh, there was only one pit stop, I think, in those races, mm-hmm. 100 laps, pit at 50. And um, I come out way behind and maybe finish there. But at the end of it, I'm getting out of getting out of my car on pit road. Your dad walks by me and says, good job, Dave. I'm like, I looked around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's another Dave here. <laughs> <laughs> That's that funny. was That was awesome. Yeah. That is neat. Yeah. Yeah. As, uh, Wish I knew him better. I did too. Yeah, I well, I wish I got to race him a little bit more. But, yeah. <laughs> um, well, man, again, we appreciate it. Yeah. You guys are great. You're a great family. Keep going. Keep winning, buddy. Yeah, we'll try. We, we for enjoy me. watching. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Ryan and Dave Blaney on the Dale Jr. Download. It's finally time for the best part of the show. Ash Jr. brought to you by Xfinity, premier partner of NASCAR. How about we get right into the questions that you sent at Xfinity Racing on Twitter? Yeah, so let's get these questions going. See what you guys got on your on top of mind here. Our first question is coming from Higgy. Was there anything about the IMSA race at Sebring that caught you by surprise? Perhaps something uh, that you learned by covering these endurance races that you didn't see or notice while you were driving in the past? Well, I, you know, there's a 10-minute answer to that, but um, it's a uh, – yeah, the race was really, really good. And, um, you know, if you didn't watch it, you missed it. Uh, a pretty exciting race. For some reason, I really enjoy uh, the endurance races, calling the race, being part of the broadcast. You know, you're forced to kind of follow along with every moment, every – you know, you don't – when we take breaks and step out of the booth, we still are watching the race and trying to – you know, stay on top of what's happening so that when we hop back in the booth after a couple hours of break, you feel like you, you, you're really aware of everything that's been going on and what everybody's uh, challenges are because throughout the race, every team faces some sort of obstacle, difficulty, and um, it's just really fascinating to me. I've, I've, uh, I got into broadcasting in, in my mind. I uh, was like, man, I'm just going to do NASCAR. It's all I want to do. I don't care about doing anything else. I don't want to climb up the broadcasting ladder and, and do anything beyond just NASCAR races. But um, my opinion about that has kind of changed a lot. Plus, uh, getting to work with Diffie and Calvin and, and um, Townsend 
uh, and the rest of the crew. You know, you meet a lot of different people uh, in the NBC family, whether they're, you know, on-air talent or, or anybody in the production team. So it's great to make those connections and show people maybe what you're capable of so that maybe next time they're doing a show, they want you to be there and want you to be a part of it. So I get to learn from watching those guys. Diff is a, amazing, and his, he's, he's just kind of a jack-of-all-trades, can do anything. You put him in the booth, and he can run the show. And just a lot of fun to get to know uh, uh, Calvin and Townsend. Townsend's hilarious. He's kind of sneaky, funny, throws in some pretty funny one-liners throughout the race. But um, I just love uh, learning more about IMSA, learning more about – what they're trying to do and who they're becoming you know they changed the sport uh they've changed a lot of the rules and uh they kind of continue to evolve and and do things to that they can to try to improve the show and i think a lot of the things that well i'll just say that we've we've covered two races the 24 hour of daytona and the 12 hour sebring and they've both been fantastic um, we had drama to the very very finish of a 12-hour race at Sebring. It was crazy. There was a lot of things that were impressive, but obviously I think at the end for Sebastian Bourdais, the wing broke, and he lost a ton of rear downforce, and I guess, uh, or, he, yeah, and, and so the, the car became really, really challenging for him to drive, and he lost this really comfortable lead that he had, and so he had probably three or four cars within a couple seconds right on his tail and in that moment he I don't you know I don't know if he recognized exactly what broke but he made changes inside the car uh with the uh with the sway bars and whatnot and all the tools that he had inside to change the balance of the car and kind of stop stop the bleeding so to speak and got up on the wheel and didn't lose the lead I just don't know that a lot of drivers would have been able to find another gear find some more inner strength or whatever you want to call that you're exhausted it's a long race a part failure at that moment could take all the wind and, and energy out of the of the of the moment and and man he 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 flexed and made it happen and uh really really cool plus if you really know anything about sebastian's career and the, the crash at texas in any car and the setback there and um, some of the things that he's been through, I have to imagine that that was a really uh, great feeling for him to to come out on top, but also have sort of, you know, put the car on his back and drove, you know, carried it to victory lane. So I just was really impressed that, uh, with what I experienced and saw from a completely different discipline of, of motorsport. And um, so I, I'm I, – for the most part, the you know people can be really particular. The the motorsport families, like you know, dirt and NAS, NASCAR and IMSA, and all they're they're very passionate about those you know sports that they or those divisions or disciplines that they follow. And I just appreciate everybody kind of being cool with me being there. I'm a NASCAR guy, you know, so I try not to uh, you know annoy them with my NASCAR. <laughs> 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 so. I just try to compliment the show, I, you know, and and learn. It's fun. Our next question coming from Timothy Robinson. Can you talk about uh, your dad's '89 Bush car at Daytona, the Lowe's Foods car? Why the one race deal with Pontiac? Um, how did that come about? 
Okay, uh, yeah, back around, what year was that? Um, 89? Yeah, something, yeah, seems about right. Uh, I think Buddy Baker was, that was Buddy Baker's team, and Buddy was going to drive the car in the Xfinity race, and uh, and I think it might have been a different number. Um, and Buddy got hurt. Something happened, but he, he needed to still enter that car in the race to be able to get the sponsorship money that was promised to him. And so I think dad drove the car for him. Um, I think that that might've been the same year that dad crashed his car in practice. I, there might, might be some, I might be incorrect, but I know dad was down there with a Monte Carlo and wreck. No, I think he ended up racing his own car, his other car in that race. But anyhow, dad, maybe he wasn't even entered in the Xfinity race, but um, he was doing a favor, doing a solid, I think to buddy Baker so that buddy could have, you know, have his car raced and uh, accumulate the sponsorship money promised to the team and all that um, while Buddy was getting well. Uh, so it was kind of like a favor. I think they did okay, kind of ran top ten most of the race. I don't even know where he finished. But Our next question coming from Andrew, Andrew Bluff. Uh, what are your thoughts on the tire allotment in the Xfinity Series, and is that something the Cup Series should consider? Well, the Cup Series does have a tire allotment or limit on tires, and, and sometimes at places like Darlington where there's a lot of wear and a long race, they have to be particular about when they're going to come down pit road and take those tires. It's obviously not as difficult as what the Xfinity guys face where they only have a couple sets and they know that they can't put tires on every single time a caution comes out. You know, I think that if the teams want that, uh, if the teams want want to spend less money, that's a great place to, to look um, at the tire bill and, and the expense of tires. But um, I think if they cut one set of tires out uh, at a at a lot of these racetracks, it you know it's it's you know it's less than a hundred thousand dollars, like twenty grand or forty grand or something like that in savings, and will that make the racing that much different or better? I don't know. So for me, they got a great system going. I don't see why I don't see anything wrong with it. Don't think it's broke. Um, don't think it really needs any adjusting. We we kind of need uh, you know kind of need to leave it alone. I think. One more question um, from AB, who's watching on YouTube and who apparently has already listened to Door Bumper Clear uh, from yesterday. TJ talks about being in your boxing ring twice. Is that true or false? True. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we would um, – it was peer pressure. You know, you'd, we, would, <laughs> we would get – you know, we would basically, you know, say you got – you know, you're hanging out with your buddies and you got two guys that are like, I'll get in there. And and they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll get in there with you. And so you go to the boxing ring. Those two guys get in there, and then everybody starts to realize, I'm gonna have to get in there. That's gonna somebody's gonna I'm gonna get forced. You know, like a, the peer pressure, right? And so the two guys that originally are gonna fight fight, and everybody else is by at some point in the next. You know, before we leave, everybody's in the ring, right? At one time or another. <laughs> it's like in high school, if your girlfriends fight, you're like, look at the other guy, and we're like, you know we're going to have to probably yeah. do this. I'm, I don't want to, but you know, yeah. listen, I guess we're going to have to. <laughs> I guess, yeah. So, um, and it's fun. I mean, everybody would get in there and get popped in the nose, and then that was kind of the, that was your pass to get out. <laughs> it, it's funny. TJ says he whooped the first guy, but then he he got in there with Josh Schneider, who has him by about, you know, 100 pounds yeah. probably, and he said that's where – I think he's still scarred from that. That was his <laughs> final fight. He didn't yeah. get back in after he retired. that. I remember uh, TJ uh, was down – TJ was down to get in there with this one guy. 
and they got in there and fought. Yeah. So he, he wasn't like it wasn't like didn't take much pressure to get TJ to get in there with one with one particular person I know. Yeah. He, he's deceptively strong. He is, dude. I I it's hard to admit this, but I <laughs> me and him have arm wrestled for years and I can't beat him. What? Most people cannot beat TJ in arm wrestling. I, I, I've never seen anybody beat him. T- thanks for having my back on this. It's true. <laughs> I don't know where the strength comes from because it doesn't look like he could beat you. So I, that's why I continue to try to, you know, eventually defeat him one day. But he says he bailed the hay back in New York <laughs> when he was a kid, and everybody on Twitter blasted him. They're like, "Ain't no way you've ever bailed hay." But if he did, that would explain it. Yeah, he's strong. It's crazy. You learn something new yeah. every day. All right, guys. I think that's a, a great note to end yeah, on. Yeah, it is. Man, the Ask Junior segment, it's never long enough. It just goes by too fast, Mike. That is probably because you're trying to keep up with the speed of Xfinity X, Fidel. Yeah, it's fast, reliable, and powerful. With Xfinity, you can do more of what you love with faster internet. That's right, everybody. Xfinity X, Fi is more than fast. So you can keep your crew connected and protected. Don't forget to send your Ask Junior questions to at Xfinity Racing on Twitter. And again, before we hit the road, thanks to Xfinity, the premier partner of NASCAR. Last call. The Dale Jr. Download TV show this week on NBC Sports Network, Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Thursday at 7 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. Bounces around a little bit, but, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, this, this week's Thursday. The 2021 iRacing Pro Invitational Series season debut at Bristol Dirt is on Wednesday. It airs at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox Sports 1. Dale's in it. He talked about it earlier in the show, so it'll be fun to watch that again. Door bumper clear. I'm going to tell you something, guys. It's a good show this week. Good show. Mike, this is, I, I tweeted about it before I came in here. This is how you handle a dispute or a disagreement, right? Mike Joy, Freddie Kraft got at each other a little bit. Maybe a little Brett Griffin peppered in there a time or two because he always has a mm. thing to say, you know. Um, but uh, Mike Joy came on the show this week on the door bumper clear, and they ironed it out. Didn't change their opinions. And I think Freddie still agreed that he was full of shit. He only apologized for saying it in such a manner. So, um, anyways, I didn't want to give away everything. I just think that it was a great conversation between people and also a very relevant topic. So, Door Bumper clears out. Mike Joy, guest, Brett, Freddie, and TJ clear the air with him over their opinions about his tweets, calling out drivers with funding. Plus, hear what TJ said about Kyle Larson saying he hates Joey Logano after the Atlanta finish. I thought that was hilarious, by the way. Mm. I mean, I didn't even understand it. Kyle Larson got passed by Blaney, okay? And he's and I know Logano's coming and he's behind him, but he just got passed for the win basically. And he's like, I hate Joey Logano. <laughs> I mean, am I missing something or was that? I- well, Larson was catching Joey and Blaney was catching Larson. So-, so he's going back to something that had already happened. Yeah, he was just mad that or Joey was in front of him, maybe creating That's what dirty, that was. dirty air. air. Yeah. I got it. I got it. All right, so maybe my timing was off. Anyways, there's never a bad time to hate Joey Logano. Am I wrong, everybody? I mean, Reaction Theater did. Did they? Oh. See, I haven't got to Reaction Theater. So Best uh, Reaction Theater of the year so far. Is it's it? It's getting better. amazing. All right. So good. All right. And I'm kidding about Joey Logano. Uh, there is good times to hate. 
yeah, good show this week on Door Bumper Clear. Good show today with the download, and I appreciate everybody uh, listening to this. And also, I appreciate everyone's comments that they leave in the Apple reviews. We don't really talk about that much like we used to, but I, I happened to go and check them out the other day. Man, a lot of people uh, reacting to stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I appreciate it. And have a good week, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.